It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to one of the final pre-season episodes of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It is Mark and today I am here with the full crew. We've got Ryan, we've got regular Rob and we also have Austin we're, we're doing the first ever four-man episode, boys, and, you know, I, I couldn't be more pumped. So, uh, boys, I want to get you start off. Obviously, we're going to do a, something a bit different on this podcast, but, uh, Ryan, I want to start off with you, mate. What was your highlight of the preseason? Ooh, highlight of the preseason. Probably uh, all the, the chat about players that we otherwise would have no interest in buying, but because they had one good preseason game, they're suddenly on everyone's radar. I reckon that's my favourite. Every year, it happens every year. I reckon that's always the favourite. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Austin, mate, you were out. You were out in the Sahara today, asking yeah. questions about AJ Brimson. You've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've made it through. You, you thought you saw the uh, the desert oasis out there, but it, mate, have you come back to the? Uh, you've just realised it's just more sand, and or are you? What's going on there? Yeah, yeah, I even saw David Fafita out there for a second and someone tried to push me into that ledge as well. But no, nah, just come back to the fountain and drunk up. Stick yeah. to the process, we're almost there. Yeah, yeah, mate. And uh, Robbie, what about you, mate? What's your, what's your pre-season highlight? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's you know, people getting really excited about really small sample sizes. You know, Manly's going to win it all this year based on their um, pre-season challenge win. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I think I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the spirited conversation about Kerrigan. Um, that was, that yeah, was I, I think, my favourite part of the preseason. I, if I'm honest, I feel like before we get into this, we need to touch on the Kerrigan controversy that's been yeah. uh, plaguing the amateurs group chat over the last couple of weeks. Because after Mark viciously called him a dud and like vehemently called him a dud in the last episode, starts with duds. He's, he's, uh, had, a change of, he's, he's had a change of heart. <laughs> well. <laughs> we just we we ha- we need to have an intervention an intervention here, Sands Pat Carrigan, because I mean, I'm not a I'm not a one sample size hot take merchant. That's not my shtick. I much prefer at least two games of sample size. And I mean, the thing with with this is is boys, what we try to do here is look at all the data that we've got, not just the most recent data, which is usually super unreliable. You know, as as I sort of posted. Uh, I was actually sitting doing uh, leg extensions, rehabbing my ACL injury um, when I was writing my post about uh, Luciano Leilua scoring 77 in the in the trials last year, and we all saw how that ended up. So there's definitely a lot of overreactions that happen. I had, everybody's dumped one of our uh, favourite pods, Reese Robson, out of their team after missing a couple of tackles. But um, the Carrigan one's interesting because we have seen players – develop and shoot up in PPM before. Like we have seen that, but it's just so unpredictable and trying to predict which player is going to have an outlier season is just a recipe for disaster. I mean, you only have to look at last year with us, you know, well, not us, I should say me jumping on the junior Paulo train, thinking he was the next keeper. And, you know, you, you, you know, you obviously you can have a throw at the stumps and sometimes you hit them, you know, perfect example of that is, is Brian Toto 2021 talking league, absolutely nailed that one. And we didn't see that one coming at all. So, I mean, it does happen, but yeah, it's like, there's, there's absolutely no numbers to support the Carrigan breakout, but 
Like he had two offloads in four minutes right at the start of that game, and and it looked like that was the plan. Like it didn't look like he was just doing it coincidentally. Like it looked like he was actively trying to offload. Mm-hmm. And I mean, any middle forward that's playing sixty minutes in a pretty good team with no buys in the first twelve rounds that off offloads a lot. Like if that's the style of play that they're going for. Like I mean, he is uh, like he is a good price point. I mean, if he's if he can knock out fifty five which is still 10 points lower than what we were projecting Cameron Murray for. He, he Like, he is a buy. So, I mean, but it's it's a lot of ifs and maybes and, you know, eye tests and and I just, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. He's, he seems like one. Like, I'm looking at a dude like Brandon Smith and, you know, Trent Robinson talking about him, like, being, oh, yeah, some weeks he'll play 80, but I really just want him to play flat out for as long as he can and then I'll have Turpin there to sub him off. That's basically what Robinson said. So, I mean, now I'm really looking at that going, like, if I can have one of Carrigan, like, I've got the money there to go Brandon Smith to Pat Carrigan. Is that a, you know, is that a 10-point upgrade? Mm, uh, it's it's probably could be close. I mean, I, I think it's probably close to maybe five points. Like, I've always had Carrigan in the um, similar to Ruben Cotter uh, category in terms of mm-hmm. a value price point because, like, I projected Cotter, uh, sorry, for Carrigan for about 53, 54. He's priced at 51. And Cotter about the same. I priced him at about 55, 56. He's priced at 52. So I think there's only about three or four points of value in both of them. Um, yes. So, like, they're, they're not really players that I've overly considered, but I don't think they're necessarily bad buys. Like, I'm not really trying to talk anyone out of starting with Cotter or Carrigan, but I don't know. They're just mm. not really guys I've considered either. Yeah, I kind of want to move him out of the dud category. I feel bad because, like, there was a long – there was a lot of hours in a row where Carrigan was in my team there. <laughs> so like it was a long time and like i took robson out and put him in too like i know so i did it and then like because i was shuffling the deck chairs on the titanic trying to like work out how to do everything like i'm still like i'm sitting here now with 165k in the bank looking at brandon smith going surely i can do something with that 165k so i mean we'll delve into the the podcast here today boys and we'll we'll see if we can't find some solutions to all the questions that we're asking before we jump into it Couple of you know snappy little, snappy little plugs. Do you see the uh, the NRL fantasy the ring that I, that got mailed out to me? Yeah, yeah. it looked pretty sharp, didn't it? Lovely. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the good friend of the show is now in the Facebook group. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I don't actually know how much they cost, but um, I'll probably jump over and have a look at the S the Supercoach rings. But they obviously they do NRL fantasy branded ones. I think you can even get custom made ones done. Like if you've got a league name or something that you want to get put on there, like you could take off 2023 and just put like the name of the league in even. Uh, and that way you could be like, you could send it from, you know, winner to winner or something like that. Cause, and it'll last for a few years so to make it sort of, so obviously it's more expensive to have them custom made. But, you know, I was thinking about getting one for the Hurt Locker. Yeah, that'd be nice. Just with a little, yeah, the Hurt Locker. And, um, yeah, so that would be pretty cool. But uh, Or even at Amateurs, like get the Amateurs logo put on it and do that for a, a winner. Um, I mean, it's a lot better than the uh, the last prize that I had. We just had a uh, like a silver plate and I had to scratch my name into it with a screwdriver and stick it up in the wall. That was the last trophy that I had. Um, my uh, missus wasn't real keen about having that on the wall, so... Uh, and then the other one is, boys, obviously the uh, Rugby League Fantasy Pro website's gone subscriber now. But, uh, I mean, for the amount of stuff that's on there, even just that, that tool, 
uh, that article that I went through, going through my trades that I did last year and, and sort of how I arrived at it, I think that the most surprising thing for me was uh, that I would only call like less than 60% of my trades good and I still managed to fin- finish in the top sort of 1,200. So it just shows you if even a blind squirrel can trip over a nut every now and then. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. So uh, without further ado, we uh, we better jump into these pods now. Uh, you have been working diligently, Austin, compiling this list of pods. Uh, maybe it's, it's not perfect. There's a few duds in this <laughs> list, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we're going to start off with speaking about one guy here who probably should have been in the last episode, but everyone was a bit slow on the uptake, and that's Will Warbrick, who's going to be the right winger for the Melbourne Storm, 230K, break-even 16. He's an upper 11.6% ownership now, so he's not a pod, but we do need to cover off him because we missed on him in the last episode. And, uh, you know, Austin, you, you can kick us off, seeing as you're the uh, the compiler of the list. He seems like a slam dunk. Yeah, he really does seem like a slam dunk at the moment. And actually, when I was looking more recently, that actually came out that Pappenhausen has said himself that he's actually, the time frame that Melbourne have given him, six to eight weeks, he says that's very ambitious. So we might not see him till halfway through. And Warbrick looks like he's got the skills to lock down the spot even over George Jennings returning. So he could be one of those guys we keep right through to the Melbourne buy or even just mm. keep out of a necessity due to lack of options. I mean, and the other thing as well is, you know, looking at him, he's very he's very Vunavalu-esque in terms of the carries and whatnot. I, he could easily stay there for the whole year and have Meany go back to 14 as well. So, or, or Ryan, I think you flagged maybe Pappenhausen going into the 14. We've lost Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a good strategy that Melbourne usually employ with their injured players, especially Pappenhausen because he's a bit of a glass man at the moment. He usually comes back, plays his first game off the bench, and then shifts back into that full-time starting role. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't rush him back and he plays majority of the season back off the bench just due to the like graphic and nature of the, of his um, injury due to his kneecap. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm a big fan. I think Warbrick's going to be there for a while. He could end up being the uh, you know the tail and May of this year, where you just hang on to him really all the way through until the business end. So uh, yeah, I suppose we're all going to be on him. Uh, Rob, just uh, checking the you're there, mate. You haven't dropped out, have you? Yeah, I'm still here, mate. Lovely. Um, all right. Well, do you want to take a uh, a hit up on our next guy here? And mate, he's going to be taking a thousand hit ups this year, and that's Payne Haas. <laughs> who has just creeped over the 10% ownership. So he's not a pod either. And he's the only other non-pod that we're going to speak about today. Uh, Payne Haas, obviously 809K. That's a 55 break even. And mate, the, he just looks, he looks like a, you know, like a center. He's so fit and yeah, God, I don't know what's going to happen there. What's your thoughts on Payne Haas for this year? Yeah, Haas is in my team. Um, at the moment, I think it's one of those ones that we've talked about a little bit already. Um, just the Broncos' um, schedule is really good. They haven't got the early buy. Um, I watched highlights only of, of the Broncos game, um, but I've, I've seen enough to, to keep him in my team. Um, just looking really massive, looking really fired up for this year. And I, I don't really see the off-field drama being an issue. Um, just one of those. It's one of those seasons, I think, where... Uh, put a lot of money in your middles um, because there's some real value there and Haas is absolutely at the forefront of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's real top-end quality middles. Ryan, I think you're back with us now and I know you're the president and CEO of the Payne Haas fan club. Bloody hell, Ryan. (laughs) 
There's some sort of there's some sort of rain event happening in Sydney, and Ryan's blaming that. But I mean, Austin, you're in Sydney as well, and it doesn't seem to be a problem for you. So <laughs> we might have to drop him off. Who knew? Who knew that we were going to have a three man podcast anyway? We don't need him before <laughs> us. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say more with Payne Haas. I was kind of against him just because of what was happening with him, but even not seeing his fitness levels, I think just the risk versus upside with Payne Haas is just too hard to ignore because he's already priced basically at his floor, which is 55, right? And then the upside to him is Murray levels, like 65, 66. So even if he comes out and only averages like 60, it's still not a loss. So I just don't see any reason why you should leave him out of your team. If I'm being honest, 10% is like crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you'll find that like, you know, come, you know, when we get the stats from round one, it'll be like ninety five percent of the teams in the top thousand will have pain ass. Yeah. Moving on to one of his teammates, Katoni Staggs. Uh he's five hundred and twenty nine K, nine point one percent. Ryan, you're back now and you're ready to take a hit up. So, mate, I think we're all in the same boat in terms of these options here. In the centers that aren't 250k or less, that we're just we're not around it, mate. Is that is that the way you're approaching this year? He's lied to me, Ryan. Sort it out. It's raining. Ryan's running his internet through the toaster. Bloody hell! <laughs> Complaining <laughs> about 50 millimeters of rain, Jesus. Yeah, oh, mate. If someone's I'm, left I'm the running, fucking the sprinklers on, running the running my internet up through my phone at the moment. Oh god. All right. Well, do you want to just kick off on Katani Stags? Yeah, no, uh, your man, Katoni Staggs. Um, look, if you are looking for one of those elite setter options, then maybe here's your go. But look, I think with all the um, the cheap options available, I think it's just way smarter to just load your centers with, um, you know, your Alamotti's, your Smith Shields, your Thompson types, and just go from there. Use that money elsewhere on much safer bets um, than guys like Katoni Staggs. You're really playing with fire there. Um, much safer options um, in, in that price bracket too. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I mean, the the no early buys, the the upside part here for him, but just given the the massive quantity of, like, I mean, they're not great center options, but they're cheap. Um, it really allows you to to really beef up the rest of your team. So yeah, I, I'm I'm firmly on the no no uh, expensive centers bus this year now with those couple of extra options that that found them found us late. Next one here, Reese Robson, 783K at 6.9% ownership. Uh, he is one. He's probably the, been the one that has scared the most people off, I think, this preseason. So, Ryan, I'll let you have another hit up here. Uh, I think the people need a lecture on small sample sizes from you here as well. So you're the voice of reason. Yeah, no, look, we, I think we I spoke about this last week in terms of um, basing – your opinion of one game. Uh, we, in no other circumstance would we base an opinion off a guy based on their most recent game or just one game that we've seen from him. I think there's some genuine question marks about Robson in terms of is he going to be playing 80 to begin the year just given that the Cowboys have a lot of games in Queensland to begin the year in the middle of March. I think that that is a question worth considering. But outside of that, uh, I wouldn't be putting too much stock in in one trial game. Like, we've seen players overperform, underperform in trial games, and it has no bearing on the rest of their season. Um, the Panthers didn't win a single trial game last year, and everyone's writing them off. They lost the World Club Challenge, and now everyone's got them gone. Um, yeah, no, look, uh, don't do it to yourself. Base your, base your opinions of the far more reliable in-game data from the, what, 40, 50 games we've got from Reese Robson in the last three years. Um, much safer bet. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I, mate, I think that storm has moved away from your house and is now sitting over Osto's house because he's now dropped out. <laughs> but <laughs> Rob, do you have any additional thoughts on Reese Robson before we move on to the next guy? Yeah, it's one of those ones where he'd missed a bunch of tackles, right? But it's just like Ryan said, the league's not won in February, you know. <laughs> so, isn't um, it? I think I think it's one of those ones where don't just stick to just stick to what you've done all preseason, right? Like if he was in your team, think about why he was in your team. Um, but don't pull them out because of one bad preseason game. Yeah, 100%. We're looking for good process here, guys. It's okay if you don't like him for another reason. I think if you were going to pick him the in Queensland in summer, you know, that is a valid question, but he was doing the same thing at the Dragons, but also, like, he wasn't a nailed-on starter at the Dragons. So, yeah, who knows if that's a thing. Maybe it is. I mean, I'm part of me is wondering whether the 80K up to Harry Grant's worth it uh, with the money that I've got sitting in the bank at the moment. Um, or less, what is it, 70K, something like that. Um, so that's yeah. a question I'll have to ask myself between now and, and next Thursday. Moving on to the next option here. Here's another one, and he, this is one that I have gone cold on, uh, and that is Jackson Hastings, who's down at 5.5% ownership, 645K, 44 break even. Uh, he was somebody that was locked and loaded into all of our sides, and he's just really made me nervous because, A, the Knights don't look very good, and then B, the Knights don't look very good. But C, you know, Ponga seems to be doing a lot of the attacking stuff, and Hastings seems to be doing a lot of the, like, second-last pass, non-fantasy quantified stuff. And, I mean, Rob, I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts. You know, you you should be sensible theoretically. Uh, I mean, he, he sort of came out of my team during his trial game. Uh, what, what What's your thoughts on Hastings? Have they changed or you're still in or you know were you in the same boat as me i think i was tentatively out on him before the last round of preseason um just because i think i had put in uh burton instead and yeah it's hard to know the nights were just really 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 bad and it's hard to know how much of it is just that um and look we think he's gonna kick if if we think he's gonna be the keeper that we thought he might have been in the off season. It it really needs the Knights to be a bit better. Um, he needs to have that goal kicking, and he needs to be really just like touching the ball a lot. And I think Ponga is just—it's going to be Ponga's team, right? Um, he's de- demanded a move to the to the halves. Um, I can't see him giving up the goal kicking. Um, so yeah, Jackson Hastings is one of those ones I'm really fifty fifty on. I've got again no issues with anyone starting with him, but I've just got a bit cold on him. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, definitely agree. Do we have any opposing thoughts to that, Austin? Are you Hastings, not Hastings? Um, Yeah, I'm not Hastings just because, yeah, he doesn't look that great. I didn't even get him last year at the Tigers, so I'd never really paid much attention to him other than knowing that he did touch the ball a lot. But, I mean, the argument to say that the Knights are not going to be as great is a bit hard to stomach too because he played in the Spooners last year. So he's only going up. But what we saw on the trials, just it just yeah. like it wasn't inspiring at all. To, so it's just more of a, the eye test we've seen, and it's just not good enough. Yeah, well, to, to me, this is what the trials are about. It's not necessarily assessing people's scoring. It's more about assessing roles and, like, are people playing in the roles we expect them or are they doing something different? And I think Hastings is a perfect example of this, like Rob touched on. Um, last year, like I had Hastings initially projected for about a 54 and that was doing the majority of the kicking, play kicking, but he was also averaging about 130 run metres a game with the Tigers last year. And it seems like a fairly likely scenario that that could 
dip significantly with Ponga. And like um, Rob touched on with Ponga, that he is the the running threat in this side. So it tends to make sense that your role would uh, shift a little bit. So, yeah, we, I mean, if, if his run meters are down, say, from 130 down to 90, like that's four points right there. Like That's huge, plus um, any additional attacking stats you get off those runs. Yeah, well, and also, like, you know, you think about the team compositions as well. you got Bradman Best, Dane Gagai, Greg Marju, and Dom Young, all noted runners of the footy versus the Tigers last year who were not. Mm, uh, and then exactly. you got Miller who runs the ball like he's never going to have another run in his life. And <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, definitely. I, I think I think Hastings is one, like, I won't tell you not to buy him, but I'm certainly not excited about him. There's another guy who I've moved myself into in addition to Dewey, uh, who will uh, – sorry, in addition to Burton, and I've just given it away, <laughs> who we'll talk about later in Adam Dewey. Now – Trent Liero is the next one here, 5.3%, 389K. I think this is a bit of a wash-up of everyone assuming that it was going to be Sims and Katoa, but, you know, we've gotten the news out that Trent Liero uh, is going to be that edge-back rower. And, I mean, Ryan, he looks to be an absolute, you know, lay-down majeure at the price. Yeah, well, he doesn't need to do much at the price, does he, at uh, 27? I, I guess the, the only risk is... Does he hold that spot once Tarek Sims is back from injury? Um, I guess you're sort of just playing a little bit of roulette there if he holds onto it. Um, you're hoping Sims goes into the middle. Um, but, yeah, no, look, at the price, uh, I'm not too sure what you do. Like, do you, do you start with both and hope they keep it? Or do you uh, do you wait till round two when Sims is back? If Liara still has that spot, do you go in then? Like, what do you think the play is here with Liara? Yeah, well, I mean, I am – I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take – Liero and Katoa, uh, which sort of we loosely discussed on the podcast least last week, and I think I'm just gonna pray because mm. uh, I think we're gonna find that Sims is gonna play lock, uh, and I mean that uh, the coach, the assistant coach for the Storm, sort of mentioned that that they're gonna get the first crack, and I mean the Storm have a pretty pretty good draw and. I mean, I, I think he's worth the risk at the price. I mean, worst case scenario, if he sucks, you can move across to a. Plenty of other options there, even if it has to be like a Chance or a Tamara Martin or someone like that if you miss them. Um, and, and they make a good showing in round one and, and Sims comes back onto the edge. But I think he's sort of – he's in the right price to upside to risk bracket for me, for what I'm looking for. Uh, anyone not interested in Liero before we move along? Uh, yeah, I'm not very interested in Liero at the moment just because if it, it just his PPM's not great, like – he could be an 80 minute, like 30 points in 80 minute type of guy. Um, and that's not like if he plays 60 minutes, I think he might be a bust. So I'm kind of fading him at the moment just because of the way my team composition is, which is basically just cows and guns. And he's not someone I've been able to fit in. So I'm a bit, I'm, I'm a bit cautious about Trent at the moment. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting one. I always thought on the edge, he was a pretty good scorer. I had him in this sort of, I, I, I think Melbourne is two 80-minute edges. That's normally how they roll. So I'm not so much worried about that. Uh, but, I mean, just looking at his games where he plays at least 60 minutes, he's only got four starts, but in those four games he's got, oh, I guess he's got a 74 and a 50 and then two mid-20 scores. So, yeah, I mean, if he starts out with a mid-20 score, you're going to be looking at it going, oh, what have I done here? But if he starts out with a 50, you're going to be there going, you know, wheels up. So 
Yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. He's not one for attacking stats, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Looking at his, uh, you know, he has three games out of four of two or less attacking stats. So <laughs> it yeah, really he does had, need to be. Um, yeah, no, he also had uh, seven games playing in the back row for the Sunshine Coast Falcons in uh, 2021, 2020 as well, where he played 80 minutes and he only averaged 34. So, mm. and, and again, he only averaged five attacking stats in that. So it's basically all base. Um, yeah, you're relying well, on the Piero. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, are we, are we, you know, is that the best? Mm. Okay. Do we yeah. need to have a, uh, do we need to have a Liero I, come to Jesus or what? Intervention. <laughs> I think at the price, I think you could do a lot worse because, like, again, the bar's set very low, but I, I don't think he, uh, yeah, I don't think he's a slam dunk. He's currently not in my side, mm. but I don't think he's the worst option either. But if you want 34 points, you can take Emre Gula. Yeah, yeah, that, that, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's just it's another Maduri. Points. It's just is he another? Yeah. Is he another Bullimore, Do we think? Oh yeah, yeah. he might be. Oh yeah. yeah, he's got real well, Bullimore I mean, vibes for me this year. Well, I mean, if you lob, like, I mean, you just look at that. You just lob another cheapie in. Like, I mean, I've already got nine of them. What's another one? I just slap a bloody slap another 250k guy in and get you know, a 30 <laughs> out of Dory, Mister Missoula. Oh yeah. no, mate! I'm I'm off him. I'm so far off him. It's not funny. <laughs> it's an anti anti dragons podcast, Austin. Yeah, it is. Mate. No, we're we're not. I, I, I'm I'm going to make a pact to Clinton that I'm not going to slander the dra- the dragons once in this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, so I think because we're actually not going to talk about any dragons today because they're all so bad for fantasy that we don't need to discuss <laughs> them at all. <laughs> that's not dragon slander, is it? That's that's specific play. No, yeah, so that's just enough. facts. That's player slander. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, all right. So moving on to the next guy here, Matt Dury. Uh, we spoke about him earlier. Uh, he was going about what we expected, which was slow uh, <laughs> on the edge for the Eels before rolling his ankle. I think he's going to be right for round one. I don't think the lane injury has anything to do with Matt Dury's job security. Pretty sure he is going to be the edge back rower and Madison's going to come back into the middle uh, Ryan, do you are you in agreement with that? Yeah, no. Look, I tend to agree. And look, I think he, in terms of scoring, he's another Liero. But the difference is he's priced at eleven points less, so the bar set significantly mm. lower. Um, yeah, look, if if Dory is named on that edge round one, come teamless next week, then yeah, no. Look, I, I think he should be above ten percent ownership, and it's just a, a walk up cash cow, isn't it? Yep, love it, love it. Anyone not interested in Dory before we move on? No, it's just if we get Bryce Cartwright, isn't it? Um, but we all think it's going to be Dory, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't well, think I Cardi's mean, fit yet anyway. No, and I mean, they've got, yeah, they, I mean, but even then, like, the question's going to be, you know, who's Lane? Like, I mean, Lane's only a fracture, so he's only, like, round three or four, which is not really enough time. I mean, it might be for Cardi if he's playing 80 minutes because, you know, a couple of lazy offloads and he's, you know, three game 45 averages, 120K, but it's a it's a big question mark. Uh, speaking of big question marks, Austin, tell me how Remus Smith ended up on this list, mate. What's the go here? Uh, Remus Smith is a, uh, he's a remnant of, uh, pre, um, Alamotti and Harley Smith shields in the trials where we were scrounging around for centers and looking at Remus Smith and, uh, the hammer. So yeah, he's completely irrelevant now. Hang on. Why? Hang on. Just dial back to one, one. Why is Matt Dury five, only 5% owned? I don't know, but. I don't he think is only 5% owned. What's going on? He's 5%. What's going on here? 
Yeah, there's some on this list that were genuinely baffling to me, and that was definitely one of them. Um, But do we think it's because people just haven't really been watching the trials, didn't really think he'd be starting? Ben Murdoch Masil is higher owned owned than Matt Dury is. Jaden Burrell is higher owned than bloody... Just even Matt Amua, (laughs) Sean Bloor... Uh, Viliami for feed is higher own. Jack Howarth still higher own. Yeah, Tafare. Whoa, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, I Crazy think there's a lot stuff. of autofill teams. Um, yeah, he with, must have yeah. been the autofill criteria. No, he's not made the um, algorithm, unfortunately. Yeah, all right. Well, Matt Dury's Matt Dury is 100%, should be a 100% ownership player, guys. Catch it up. Uh, yeah, Remus Smith, obviously, with all those great center options now, he comes back and becomes an option. Now, uh, Rob, I'm going to go to you as the impartial judge on the next one here. David Fafita, 771K, 53 <laughs> break-even, 4.6% owned. He was only two-point-something the other day. So, obviously, people have seen something they like in the trials. Rob, have you seen something that you like in the trials? Mm, I can't – I don't even think he's entered my brain, let alone my team, this offseason. Um, but, no, I didn't actually watch the Titans game. So, may- maybe maybe he was good in that game. Can either of you – yeah, two try assists. Yeah. Two try assists. I don't know. It's just he's just very expensive, isn't he? And I think at this point we know kind of what he is, what his upside is, and what his very, very low floor is. Um and I think we can just do a lot better um than that for seven seven one K, priced at fifty three. We don't even know if he's gonna play eighty minutes, right? So No, we do not. He might play center yet too. Yeah, I just, I just, Holbrook, I, uh, I hate it. <laughs> big brain energy. <laughs> oh no. Um, I mean, the last two seasons, he's got an average of over sixty-five when he plays eighty minutes. That mm. is the that is the the talking point here. Uh, obviously, eighty-nine percent try scoring rate in twenty twenty-one, but only a forty-five percent try scoring rate in twenty twenty-two. Eleven games where he played at least eighty minutes, average just under sixty-two points. His price at fifty-three. So. I mean, he does. De- he demands a look, but with the number of edge options, you know, can you, you know, and the double early buy is the other one. Ryan, have you, you just been stirring Osto, or are you are you seriously concerned? <laughs> Try to uh, talk someone else into the mistake I made uh, last year. Um, thankfully, uh, the Titans played the last game of round one, so hopefully, all my players will be locked uh, by the time the Titans game comes up, and I can't like make any you know, last minute switches, <laughs> get a blood, uh, you know, rush of blood. Um, yeah, no. Look, the, if he was, if we knew for certain he was playing eighty each week, then look, he'd probably be in my side. But you just can't guarantee it, and because of that, this you, you can't guarantee there's any value here. So yeah, I just yeah, mm. I'm going to stay away this year because Rob's going to make sure I do. All right, I reckon that I wouldn't do it for my overall team, but I reckon Tiffany's head-to-head team might have a look at him. <laughs> Same for us as Dewey. Same prices do it. Oh, oh, mate, no, it just wheels up. I'll do that. I'll make that rot swap right now. Oh, Carrick and the, the feeder. Oh, no, Carrick, mate, you've got to have both of them. That's, you know, I can't take, can't take Kaz out. So, Kaz um, yeah. Must have. Mate, pot of the year, 25% ownership. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kalen Ponga, 4.3%, 532K, 36 break even. Uh, he should get the half jewel. Uh, very concerning stuff here, Austin. Uh, not somebody that you are advocating for. You just put him on the list because you, you know, you like chaos. Is that is that how he ended up on the list? 
Well, I just know that he's been a popular point of discussion, so the people would want to hear us, our thoughts about it. So this is probably just to save some DM questions. But he's just, we got, like we were talking about, a limited sample size of Ponga. I think he played three games three years ago on the halves for like a mid-30s average, and that's when mm-hmm. the, the Knights were on the up. So I'm not seeing a, a lot of good things that could happen here. If anything, it's a show-it-to-me type of deal, and then I'll look at it. Yeah, he's definitely one, like, I could see myself becoming interested in if he was to, say, pick up the goal kicking or something like that. But until then, I'm I'm probably just mm. going to avoid it and be very happy with my decision to do that. Ryan, Jackson Ford has yeah. popped no, to onto agree. the radar. He, he, he might, I would have considered him. And he seems to be one that you are speaking uh-huh. about a little bit. Uh, 340K, 23 break even. He's got the jewel as well. Uh, what do we think about Jackson Ford and his fantasy prospects for this year? Um, look, no, look, they're, they're looking pretty good, I think. Um, by all reports, he's going to be on this edge uh, to begin the season. So, look, if he's named there round one, I'm certainly going to give him a go. It seems like um, they're using that right edge spot as a, you know, sort of rotation role, like near Corre, Barnett, um, oh, the Curran. other one's blanking, Josh Curran. Um, and they're sort of, yeah, they're sort of switching them yep. in between, you know, middle edge. Um, so, yeah, no, look, it, it could be wheels up forward. I'll, I'll just wait to see that round one team list. But, um, yeah, no, look, he, he's looking good at the price as well. And I think he's a, a much better uh, back row scorer than, say, a Liero. So, look, and he's got that dual position as well, which is handy. Yeah, and he's cheaper. And, I mean, they've got a favorable buy schedule as well. He's going to be available around 13, assuming he's in the team. So, wheels up. Mm-hmm. I think my main concern with Ford is how many minutes is Curran going to play because Curran hardly played any in the trial and neither did Tohu Harris, right? Um, but was that was that had something to do with the fact that they had unlimited interchanges and like 20-something dudes or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just don't think Curran's going to play like 30 minutes. No, but I mean, so, you could have a guy like that Tom Ale or whatever that only plays 20 minutes. Yeah. And then... You know, I've got, I mean, I, I'm firmly in the anti Wade Egan 80 minute camp. So I think even, you know, if he plays 60 minutes and then Walker plays the other 20, then that opens up some extra minutes in the middle as well. Barnett looked gassed. You know, he should really only be playing 50. Same with Adam. And then you only need to sort of, you can give Curran 50 minutes. Ford can play sort of 65 to 70. And then you just squeeze, you know, an ale in for for a little bit there, but I mean, you know, there is a lot of mounts to feed. Yeah. Let's have a look at what the team lists looks like. But I think, look, if he starts um, wheels up his, even his reserve grade stats and his back row stats are pretty good um, for someone that's like a perennial reserve grader. Um, Mm. So yeah, he looks better this year and I think he'll be in a lot of teams, but I just, I want to see what the bench looks like. Obviously Tavanga's out for, five rounds or so. It doesn't look like, I'm not sure Walker is going to play hooker minutes, but he might. Um, And then we've got to see if Lussick's on the bench or not as well. Um, Those are my kind of things that I'm looking out for in the Warriors team list. Um, But I'm sure, I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. I don't really want to get forward, but I just, I don't know if there's any better options at the price. If you need somebody at that price, I might just skip the Ford Liero price bracket altogether and just look for a, like a Garner and another dude. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, Ford's career PPM in the back row in reserve grades point seven. So, I mean, if he was able to re- replicate that in the NRL, he'd only need about 50 to 55 minutes to have 10 points of value. So, uh, okay. I think the bar's set fairly low. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. No. Nah. All right. We'll take it on advisement. Come back to you on 
next podcast on Tuesday and we'll uh, see how we go, eh? Next one on the list I feel a lot more comfortable with, and Ryan, I'm going to let you have this one because you are the you are the, the Adam Dewey man. Uh, you've been <laughs> staunchly pro Adam Dewey all preseason. Uh, I couldn't shut you up about him. <laughs> but, uh, mate, you were. You were loving Adam Dewey. You had him in the 60s when you were doing your projections. So, well, mate, talk me through Adam Dewey. What's, what, what do you like about him at 4% ownership at 771K? Well, look, he, he he does the lot, doesn't he? And we've like we spoke about with uh, Jackson Hastings before in terms of role change, moving um, with Adam Dewey sort of taking that role now, partner with Luke Brooks. Dewey's going to be doing a lot of running. He's going to be, I'd assume, splitting the kicking um, with Brooks. It'd be, I'd assume, would be a fairly even split there. Um, obviously, going to be the goal kicker to start the year. He's just he's been very good. Like so, he's priced at fifty three last year in his uh, eight starts at five eight. He averaged sixty two. He averaged fifty seven, I believe, in twenty twenty one. So even if it's so, say you want to split the difference, put him at say fifty eight, fifty nine. I mean, from, from what we saw in the trial games as well, in terms of his role. Um, it, it seems likely that he's going to be in that sort of range again. So, yeah, look, I, I think there's a lot of value here, but he is quite pricey as well. Like, he, they haven't missed him. He's priced at 53 already. He's in the high 700s. Um, but, no, look, I, I think he's an excellent purchase. Just a matter of um, if you can fit him in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the moment, he's sitting in my team. He's not somebody that's critical, but definitely somebody that I've been interested in. Uh, does anyone, Rob or uh, Osto, you have any key sort of thoughts on Adam Dewey? Um, I've, I actually like him now as the second half over Burden. What I saw from Burden, which I don't know, it's weird because like we say, not to go off one sample sizes, but Burden looked kind of not, he looked flat in the trial and it just kind of put me off him a bit. And I think Adam Dewey, we've seen over the last two years before his injuries that when he gets that spot and he plays that dominant role and like, he's got all the facets, he's a strong runner, he's an offloader. Like he's a kicker, he does it. He does it all, and we know that we have a long sample size of him. And when he plays the eighty-minute half games, he averages sixty. So if he's priced at fifty-three, he still has seven points of value, and he's got upside into the Hines and Cleary bracket if, like, the tar- Tigers happen to fire. So I just think he's given the the most of the half options have kind of deteriorated. Like Hastings is kind of deteriorated. Lots of people were trying not to start with the expensive halves because of their poor buy schedules. And then burdens a bit. Burdens a bit. If he if the team doesn't gel very well, he could um have a slow start. And then after that, it's just kind of like Milford and T. Marie Martin. So it's kind of very slim pickings. Yeah, I mean the thing is as well is he's got a like he's a big body which does help. Um, so, you know, he gets through a lot of defense, not quite Dylan Brown level numbers, but, you know, he does get through a lot of defense as well. So definitely, uh, an interesting option and, you know, he's currently sitting in my team, but, you know, who knows what'll happen in the, the, the next week or so of craziness before TLT seems like so far away. Uh, Rob, talk to me about Nat Butcher. So, obviously, a lot of conjecture swirling around around Angus Crichton. Uh, he probably should be on this list, but I'm guessing probably is not. Uh, but Nat Butcher, 691K, 47 break even, 3.9% ownership. Uh, averages in the low to mid 50s when he plays 80 minutes on the edge and has the dual. Uh, you know, it, not, it seems to be quite sort of flying under the radar considering all the, the things in the plus column for him. Yeah, I, I think it's quite an intriguing option, isn't it? And 
I know we've talked about the edge position a little bit, um, but he is kind of in that um, Tyson Frizzell kind of position where he just, I think, represents um, the, the value of just a low 50s kind of keeper level score at a slight discount. So, yeah, I'm, I don't have him currently, um, but every time I see him on a list like this or, or anything, I think, why? Why haven't I put him or thought about him again? Um, we think that the Roosters are going to be quite good this year. Um, and, yeah, look, it's one of those ones where I've just got no real issue with anyone getting him. I think he is flying under the radar. And, um, yeah, it's just if you want to if you want to go ch- cheaper or more expensive, um, that's probably the only reasons I would I would advise not getting him. Yeah, he's kind of he has been sitting in an awkward price bracket for me, and yeah. as a result, I sort of haven't really had him in my team at all. But I mean, theoretically, he probably has similar range of outcomes to a Pat Carrigan or something like that. But he's twenty or thirty or forty k cheaper. So, I mean, Ryan, is he somebody that you've had a look at? Yeah, look, he's someone I've looked at. Um, uh, again, I've just always opted for another guy that we're going to talk about um, later on in this edge spot is down the bottom of this list. But, um, look, I don't know. He's just one of these ones that's like, yeah, he's, he's not bad. But like you say, he's in the Carrigan cotter bracket where I just don't know if there's enough value there to, to entice me. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 which is just one of these players I'm, I just feel like meh on like he's not bad but he's he doesn't really Potter. inspire me either if that makes sense yeah yeah so he's one of those ones that uh yeah. you know you, you don't actually you hadn't noticed Potter. that he was added to the app yeah yeah basically yeah. yeah another one speaking of guys that i have been completely ignoring teague wilton is the next one on our list here 536k at 3.6 percent uh, obviously, he scored a couple of tries on the weekend, so naturally all the you know outrage merchants were were pumping his tires up. Mind you, there's been some people that have been on him all preseason. Uh, I've never really considered buying him, Rob. And I mean, I I take a lot to talk me into it. No, I think it's just another one of those ones that we have to have a look at. Um, his ownership is actually quite a lot lower than I thought it would be, but I guess that's because he's priced. Um, at 37 already. So he would kind of need to probably play probably 70 minutes, right. To be, to represent value. Um, and we just don't really know with the sharks bench, what they're going to be doing. Um, Wade Graham's probably going to be sitting there, um, on Ryan's team, um, captaining the troops and (laughs) he might steal some minutes off Teague. We, We don't really know. Um, but it does seem to be his attacking stats are pretty good. Um, so yeah, look, tries aren't, Tries aren't um, always going to be sustainable, but I just wanted us to have it to bounce it around before before we uh, probably put a line through them. Mm. Well, the thing is, so like just looking at his games where he's played at least sixty five minutes, uh, his average is fifty point two in seventy seven minutes. But he really needs to be playing that seventy minutes to crank that you know that average out. And I mean, I can't see like I really can't see way like just with the way that their minutes are with the, all the forwards that they've got Wade Graham's going to be the utility and he only needs to steal like 15 to 20 minutes to just absolutely decimate Wilton and Wilton will be like a 42 43 average sort of guy so yeah I just like at the price like 536k I think I would prefer to pay an extra 24k and get a Raymond Fitala Mariner 
or just you know spend the money and go to the you know Ryan your uh, your man your favorite pod that we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, look, I'm in the same boat as you guys with the four forward bench here. Wade Graham on there. Um, look, I, I could easily see Graham playing the same role as last year, like 20 minutes um, in the second row, 20 minutes in the middle, uh, being that utility if there's an injury. But yeah. I, 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 I just, I think Wilton might be one for next year if uh, Wade's off contract and off to England. Yeah, well, I mean, and the other thing is they got Nakora. If something was to happen to Nakora and he got injured or something like that, we can have another look at him. But yeah, for now, it's just you know, not it's, it's not vibing. I'm not. It's not a vibe. Speaking of things that weren't vibes, the Roosters not great on the weekend. Uh, at and an almost full strength team. Sam Walker is the next on the list. Six hundred thirty-eight k, three point two percent. I see TK's persevered. He's put out his team today, and uh, he, Sam Walker's still sitting there steadfast. And I mean, Austin, you can you can have a hit up here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sam Walker? Because I mean, he's one as well. Like I was kicking him and Jackson Hastings around, and ended up with neither of them. Um, yeah, Sam Walker reminds me a lot of Nathan Cleary in his early years at the Panthers, where we're seeing a lot of these flash moments where he's really like does some really brilliant stuff, right? But we're still just waiting. Like for me, I he's I'm still waiting for he to for him to show us that he's put it all together, like a defensive game, a kicking game, a running game. Like obviously he has a running game. He's got a good, a decent enough kicking game, but he's still not defensively sound. And in fantasy, a player being not defensively sound is the worst thing that you can have because minus tackles are the biggest point killer and average killer in this game. So for me, I'd want to see Sam Walker do it for a while and or maybe see him beef up a little bit. But I guess another thing is the this is a good side effect of there being a buy round every week, which means that team like the Roosters, they have a buy in round four, I think. So that means if you if you're kind of shy on Sam Walker, you can watch the first three rounds and if you decide that this is the year that he goes guns blazing, then you can pick him up after their buy. Yeah. I mean the big thing with him and it's like I, I find it funny comparing him to Nathan Cleary. Uh, I mean, you look at Nathan Cleary's debut year, he averaged 48, uh, and he actually had more demerits last year, Nathan Cleary. Uh, this is not including the send-off game. He had more demerits last year than he did in his rookie season. So, I mean, everybody knows he's a scrub and he's he's only getting worse, but uh, Nathan Cleary, that is. But, I mean, just they're completely different builds, really, for mine, and and different mm. styles of player. And I just – Sam Walker is so thin. That's his biggest issue, I think. Um we really like he really needs the roosters to put it together and he needs to run the footy more and set up a lot of tries just yeah yeah i i, I can't see uh, like he he's more chad townsend for me than than nathan cleary i was thinking more cody cody walker sorry maybe the audi version of cody walker yeah that's even that's not real you know that's not really conducive to fantasy success though is it right Ryan, where, where are you at with uh cody walker uh, not with cody walker <laughs> with sam walker no look I, i'm sort of in the same boat he's just i think he might just be a little bit too small um currently maybe he gets bigger as he gets as he gets older um but like as you were saying like cleary's just such a different body like cleary in his first year averaged two and a 2.3 missed tackles and 2.5 in 2017 <laughs> Um, Walker's been averaging three and a half basically every year since, uh, like every game since he came in. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's a little bit concerning. I'm not sure if he'll, 
I mean, if you want to go old school, he's almost like the more like Jeff Tuvey, Alan Langer-sized um, half. Uh, if, if he can uh, put some beef on, mm. then yeah, maybe. But that might even be detriment to his game. So, yeah, look, at the moment, I can't see him being a keeper. Um, and he's not a particularly enticing cow either. So, yeah, I, I just think there's better options. Yeah, I mean, even if you just look at um, – so I'm just trying to bloody reset this website here. Yeah. Uh, I just had a player who even like, you know, we're talking about comparing guys, uh, you know, that similar sort of play style to Sam Walker. I mean, even Jonathan Thurston, who was a great uh, NRL halfback, uh, 2015 when they won the grand final, his average was 57, but, you know, 2016 it was 42, 2017 it was 45, 2018 it was 35. So, I mean, sometimes guys just, you know, their their quality doesn't necessarily match up with their, you know, fantasy output. And Sam Walker seems to me like one of those guys. I'll be very happy as a Queensland halfback for the next 10 years, but I just can't see him being a fantasy keeper just due to the, you know, the prototype. You look at the guys who were the fantasy keepers, Nico Hines. What did Nico Hines be 100 kilos? And, you know, Nathan Cleary, yeah. Adam Dewey, you know, they're yeah. massive guys. DCE. Yeah, Cleary's like mid-90s. Yeah, Cleary's yeah. mid-90s. Nico Hines probably the same. Um, whereas the Sam yeah. Walker's bloody, what, 50 kilos dripping wet. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be lucky if he's 75. So, yeah. No, I just, I just, yeah, I just think he's one of the guys. He'll be a great NRL player and he'll have some really boom scores and then he'll have some bad scores as well. Oh, my God, the next guy on this list, Josh Hodgson, 3%. There was a little bit of time there I thought he was going to be a thing, but I really don't think he's going to be. Uh, I, it's a shame because he looks on paper, you know, if you had no context whatsoever, he'd be an absolute weapon, 532K, 37 break even, only 3% owned. He's got a perfect buy schedule. But, I mean, he is Rob uh, past his prime. He looks like an old man coming off two ACL injuries. Uh, Three ACL would- injuries. Is it three, is it? Yeah. Well, you know what they say, third time lucky. Yeah, fourth time's the charm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those ones where I think the game's just going to go past him a bit. He, you know, he, he probably has, doesn't have to do much um, to just move the ball, but it's mm. just it's just not conducive to fantasy scoring, I don't think. I, I'm going to just spend every game hoping he doesn't hurt himself again, um, I think. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we can move on from him. I think his job is basically to have the ball roll to him and just pass it to yeah. somebody that's not him. Yeah, pass it to Tapane, hopefully. Yeah. And different team, yeah. bud. He's oh, the, sorry. He's in the eels now. Wake <laughs> <laughs> up. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's how irrelevant he's he got is. Raiders in my brain. Wakey, wakey. Next play is a Raider. Yeah, Rob's, <laughs> Rob's mind's still at the free bar that was on the wedding on the weekend that he went to. <laughs> Uh, mate, yeah. well, you can have another hit up with a different player that's coming off an ACL injury as well, Rob. Harley, we'll see if we can get you get you some confidence up here in this one. Harley Smith Shields, two hundred fifty k, two point eight percent ownership. I'm surprised that's not higher. Uh, center, uh, obviously, Savage goes down with injury. He wins a spot somewhere in the back line. Don't know if it's going to be center or wing yet, but you know, either way, it seems like he's a wheels up. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, he's one that's come in over the course of preseason. We were really hoping that he would get a spot, um, and it's just a shame it had to be um, Savage for us, for him to get there. Um, but yeah, I think he's in my team at the moment. Um, he's hopefully going to get a duel if he gets a wing spot, which would be really handy. Um, and he's cheap as chips, so it's going to be him or Talau probably. Um, if you're looking at a duel and 
although Talao has got more NRL experience, we know really what Talao is and Harley Smith Shields got a lot more upside in my opinion. Um, so I'll probably be starting with him, um, especially if he gets the duel. Yeah, no, I'll probably have both of them, but Harley Smith Shields would be the guy that I'll want to start. Uh, do we have any anti Harley Smith Shields chat before we move on to the next guy? Nope. Nah, too cheap. Love it. Yeah. Rip it. Oh, all right. I think my starting centers is going to be Alamotti and Harley Smith Shields. And uh, 2021 winner Shane, shout out to Shane, good friend of the show. He'll be he'll be proud of us for not spending too much money in the centers. <laughs> good man. Minimum. That's his big piece of advice. Love it. Love it. It's good strategy, mate. Game theory proven. It's game theory, fantasy amateurs, game theory approved. All right. Next one on the list. Austin, why is Kelmatulanagi on the list? Now, this one is one that is actually very interesting to me because we know that Hamoli isn't the 80-minute edge, right? And Kelmatulanagi, when he plays 70 to 80 minutes, he averages 40, and that's without a single try. He hasn't scored a try in the NRL yet. So there's definitely room for improvement here. And with Manly's early buy in round two, you can let him go for... You can let him go for a bit and see what his role is. If he's playing 80 minutes and he stays on that edge, then he's got definite upside there. Is that right? No, he's got two tries. Does he? Yeah, bud. Just off oh, the man. interchange. 22, uh, yeah, yeah tw- round 22 and round 2023, 20, 2021. Oh, okay, sorry. I isolated out his edge starts because that's... Yeah, no, that's all right, mate. I forgive you. Ah, sweet. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, yeah, so he's priced, he's priced at 34. He's got a terrible buy, but like there's definitely, this is one that's kind of flying under the radar. He's definitely, like if he plays 80 minutes to 70 minutes and we know that Hamoli's not the 80-minute guy, then there's definitely upside there. Yeah. Mm. I, I, the worry for me is he's 501K and he's already priced at 34. And I, I just don't trust Manly. But, I mean, if you look at his, like- you know, if you look at the 71-plus minute starts, it's an average of 41, which is sort of getting there. But as you say, no tries is, is a concern, but it also could be reflective of the fact that, you know, we all remember owning him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We remember the experience that was Kelmi Telmatulangi, and he was 350K and we remember I've got to say, though, I, I, I like the uh, the game theory behind it. Like, you get the free look in round one, they've got the buy round two, and then maybe you've got someone who's failing. Um, mm. You're looking offload in round three, maybe too long. He could be the guy. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't mind that from a game theory perspective. You just Mate. don't want to have to watch um, any manly games because too long he was so bad to watch last year. I remember at that Warriors game, just watching him lope around 10 minutes, 10 metres behind the ball, behind the ruck. That was just... <laughs> Not, I was not surprised when you told me he hadn't made he hadn't scored a try because you have to make some actual effort on the on the footy pitch to yeah. score a try. But- I actually, in fairness, I thought it was Hamole when he scored that try at the start of the trial. I dead set thought it was Hamole. I was like, oh, Hamole's over again. That's nothing new. And then I worked out it was too long, and I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah, no, he's not told me he, he hasn't scored in the, tries um, in the trial, but yeah. Yeah, I've been burnt on to Alangi before, so I can't blame him for being bad at the Tigers. No. So, yeah, yeah. Hastings was stealing there. all the run meters. That's why he only averaged twenty five yeah. run meters a game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the the thing is here, um, the Schuster, the Schuster, uh, Tuolungi with Turbo playing down the side there should be up for some stuff here. But I mean, you know, we're looking at it. Sixty two meters per game is just horrendous. So, and he only had two games over 100 metres. He had more games of 30 metres or less than he did over 100 last year. <laughs> it's just 
horrendous. But, I mean, there's lots of room for improvement in that. He likes to tackle. He got 32 tackles a game. That's, you know, that is the start of something magical for fantasy. Slug. But I need to see, I need to yeah. see some non-slug behavior. <laughs> Just needs to come out of his little shell, eh? Yeah. A little slug. <laughs> a little, little tap. Yeah, maybe it's one where you start with Luke Garner and and save yourself a little bit of cash. And then if Garner doesn't fire in those first two rounds, maybe you, you shift across to Pulangi. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Good good strategy, guys. All right. Now, the next guy on the list, I'm going to take this hit up here. Mate, this guy is going to be taking a 1,000 hit ups a week. Daniel Siafidi, 545K, 2.2% ownership, 37 break even. Now, we saw... The uh, the Knights come out with Kurt Mann at lock, Adam Elliott off the bench, Shaq Hetherington nowhere in sight coming off injury. Adam Elliott's barely been training. Daniel Saifidi has some serious upside this year. Uh, in games where he plays at least 50 minutes, I'm absolutely sure he's a monster. And I'm just going to confirm this quickly. But I reckon it's a lot. I reckon it's, yes, it's 45 and 55 minutes, but there was some bad scoring last year due to injury, and that goes all the way back to 2016. If you look at 2020 and 2021, he averaged 53.8 in 57 minutes in games where he he played at least 50 minutes. So, I mean, if he can go back to that form, there's only three tries in that as well. Like, I thought he was scoring a bunch of tries, but they must have been in the lower-minute games. I mean, a lot of this is, is, is not huge minutes, but it's just, you know, there's only a couple of bad scores in here, and there's a lot of good good scoring. I mean, the Knights, they're going to need to have somebody to do the work here. They can't, you know, I mean, I, uh, Daniel Safidi is the better twin. If they're running out with Kurt Mann, C- Phoenix Crossland, Leo Thompson, and, you know, whoever the hell else they got, Daniel Safidi is going to be so busy. He By default, he's going to get to 50 by accident. Um I mean, he's not currently in my team because of team composition because I'm rolling out the Haas, Murray, Tarpanay, and maybe or maybe not Pat Garrigan wagon. But, I mean, if you're looking for somebody in that Aaron Clark, Davida Pangai, Adam Elliott, Corey Horsburgh bracket, Daniel Saifidi following all the trials for me is comfortably number one on that list and happens to be the cheapest player. Ryan, what do you think about that? Mate, I think I've got PTSD from uh, the Junior Paolo year. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, you, me too, you, mate. You, me too. Yeah, you buying a, a big Islander prop who's uh, had a good year and onto a down year. Um, no, look, you make a compelling case, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just look at um, yeah, twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one. He was obviously very good. Got into the blues side because of that, uh, and then I don't know. Just outside of that, it's he's just mm. been a bit. His PPM is just a bit meh. Like outside he got of those the contract, two years. mate. He got the contract. Did you but, see the article? Well, he said, "He said, oh yeah, I got the contract, and I, you know, I, I went away from what I was doing. It got myself into the preseason, mate. He's come back. He's he's trading the house down." Okay. <laughs> so how come you don't have him then? Get him in the side. He's got the uh, the Warriors, the Tigers, the Dolphins to start the hey, year. In you go, Ryan. So I just need to put the brakes on this for a second. I want to come back to Daniel Saifidi because there's some breaking news on the NRL.com website. Josh Schuster is not playing five eight in round one. Oh, is it Cooper Johns? Is it, Coop- is is it, it the Cooper Coop- Johns? Made he's my injured. hot take. He's, in- oh. he's, he's injured. He's injured. He's injured. But- oh. But, I thought it was going to be my hot take on the last episode. You were right. You, mate, you, you yeah. know, default is a, the two sweetest default. words in the English language. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Cooper Johns. <laughs> oh, mate. And the Broncos have extended Corey Pakes, which I know you're excited that's, about. 
that's going to save a lot of people. A lot of people have just been saved. Who is yeah, I, mate, I don't think it's going to stop them, eh? Yeah, I think. Well, because no. what's their buy? Is it round two? Round two. Round two. Yeah, you'll be yeah. back round three. So who's going to get him? <laughs> oh, mate, there's a lot of... Uh, people that don't listen to the amateurs podcast rolling around in the in the streets. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, no, I don't know. I it. love it. But yeah, no. Okay, so Daniel Safidi, I want to find this article, mate. But um, boys, I need some backup here. Austin, you you love a hot take. You were telling me about it. AJ Brimson earlier. Give me some Daniel Safidi love. Um. Yeah. Actually, I had Daniel Safidi in my team too for a long time, but then I ended up rolling out. Well, you're rolling out too. Minus. Carrigan, but Daniel Safidi, it's what you're saying is true. There's basically like I look at that forward pack, and it's like apart from Adam Elliott, it's like who's who's here to do something, and he has to be the guy to do something. He's got to turn into their clamor. But the problem is too, he could just give up. So, but I I am very close to starting Safidi, but I'm trying to stick to a strategy which is less mid ranges and more cows guns because if you start to put a guy like Daniel Saifidi, and then you think, oh, maybe I'll chuck in Teague Wilden as well, and then eventually you got too many middies. So I think, yeah, it's hard. But, yeah, definitely one I want to pull the trigger on for sure because they got a good buy schedule and a couple of soft opening rounds so it could get some barge overs. Yeah, yeah especially a, um, a pod mid-ranger as well. I think, like, it, it, there's just a lot of outcomes where it could go badly for you, right? Like junior pod. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. It's all it's it's you know eighty percent risk and twenty percent reward. There's no doubt there. Look, I'm I'm not here to to tell you it's it's a perfect plan, uh, but yeah, no, it's just I don't know. It, look, if you're trying to fit that price point, if you know if you're looking for a guy in the five hundred and something bracket, you know, and you've already got all the obvious ones that we've discussed, he's he's probably my favorite in that in that range. So. Yeah, I love it. I love, it wouldn't shock me if he averages in the fifties this year, um, and got a great buy schedule. Although, if he if he averages in the fifties, he'd be playing State of Origin. So, yeah, maybe not. All right, Just enough. The thing you were looking for. So it says basically, he said, "I got comfortable signing that four or five year deal, and I stopped doing all the little things that got me in the position to sign that deal." And that's what he was said. He's talking about having a poor preseason last year. Yeah, yeah. See. Everyone loves a redemption story, Ryan. Get on board. Hey, no, I'm too busy with my uh, Cooper Johns hot take over here. I'm, I'm running high. You guys, <laughs> you guys take all your Daniel Sofides. Yeah. Ryan's <laughs> rolling in mud over there, eh? Just <laughs> man alive. Oh, man. If you've ever played, have you ever played the, have you seen the Bear Grylls adventure, choose your own adventure game on Netflix? <laughs> we need mud. <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's like going through. It's like you know, like a Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure, yeah. Where you go in and it's like, oh, you know, do you want to do this or do that? And you so you take him through the the jungle trying to deliver these medicines to this camp or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, this I think there's a jaguar coming. It's like, oh, you know, we can we can do this or we can just cover ourselves in mud. And um, you know, and then if you choose the mud option, it's like. We need mud. And we like <laughs> recorded it and we're sending it to each other about our fantasy teams. <laughs> if you haven't played the uh, Bear Grylls Man vs. Wild on Netflix, strong recommend you go and give that a crack this weekend while you're uh, <laughs> you've had about 93 scotches. It's a great audio. Before that, it's not that good. The last weekend without footy, eh? Yeah. And whatever you do, don't take the grappling hook, take the, take the knife. That's the best way to start. <laughs> I'll do. 
<laughs> yeah, just giving the inside track. You know, that's 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 some terrible fantasy advice. Terrible advice. All right, boys, moving along. Stop distracting me. All right. Makahesi Makatoa, 2.2%. Not a big fan of this one, guys. Uh, why has it got Pangai out? Have a look. He doesn't play for the Eels. Oh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> who put that there, but that's under <laughs> Rob. Rob comments. <laughs> Rob. Rob. Look, I clearly <laughs> don't know who we Elaborate or... <laughs> Rob's all over the place. Yeah. Um, I might take this one. Um Makatoa, I think, so basically he's becoming what looks like the first interchange prop, and that means he's going to get around 35 to 40 minutes while Madison's out. But there's also, because of the lane injury, which we they're saying four to six weeks could be longer, that means like uh, Parramatta don't run to 80-minute edges. So if Dory is the 80-minute edge and whoever's on the other side, Cartwright or Jariah Momosia, that means they're going to play 60 minutes which means someone's going to have to fill in those minutes on the bench and that'll probably open up some mid-minutes. So that means when Matt Orr, that they stuck suck so much that they have to plop Ryan Madison back on that edge for 80 minutes, which means the mid-minutes open up, which Makatoa could absorb again while he's back. So this is someone that I feel like is probably better to take than Trent Lorero because they might have the same output for 70K cheaper and a better buy schedule. But yeah, it's still, it's still a bit of a... In if he won, but it could pan out. Yeah. I mean, I was like one of the first players I put in my team when the game first opened was Makatoa. I thought he was a great value. But, I mean, you know, all you got to do is have a look at his plus 30-minute starts where he averages 35 and 36 minutes, which is exactly what you want from middle forward. Uh, he's only priced in the very low 20s. Uh, so, I mean, he's a great one. If he plays 35 minutes, he's a goer. But, you know, first five, couple of weeks, Matt, no Madison, he should should play the big minutes. He can also replicate that in the longer minutes as well. He's got a 63 and 60 minutes without a try. So And that was against the Panthers as well. So, yeah, definitely an option there uh, if you believe that, you know, if it's looking like – if it's like Wairimu, Greg, and some other dude and, and Jake Arthur on the bench, he's definitely one to have a look at in round one. Anthony Milford, Ryan. Oh, I know. I know you're a big fan of Anthony Milford. Uh, did he kick the goal for the Dolphins? Or uh, oh, good question. I, I think I might have turned the game off by then. Down yeah, by forty. It wasn't very inspiring. I, I, I posted before the game. I said there wasn't going to take much to tip me into Milford. Let's have a look. No, but he really uh, didn't do much. It was O'Sullivan and then Izarko kicked the second one. Yeah, so I have to imagine it's going to be those two. No Milford. Without the goal kicking, he's just way too volatile at 2%. Even at 485K, I'll, I'll happily avoid that and move on to someone much more fantasy relevant, but probably not for round one. I don't know why Daily Chair Evans is on the list here. He's somebody uh, not interested in for round one. Uh, he is a great fantasy scorer. He probably has maybe a couple of potential points of upside in attacking or whatever, but, I mean, you know, Round two by, you know, we've got those yeah. Burton and uh, Burton and Dewey cheaper or, um, you know, you go up to your, your Cleary and Hines and, uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, one for later, I think. Yeah, not relevant. That's a boo-boo on my end. Yeah, that's all right, mate. That's why you're an intern. Yep, intern line. Yep. Now, next game, next guy here, we have Ben Hunt coming off a borderline Dalian medal winner season. Uh, previous fantasy god come, you know, last year he sucked. It was all base stats, t- missing tackles. Um, we think there's a potential that he was carrying an injury, but, um, you know, no sort of official information around that. Uh, he is one that could be one of those guys that, you know, we all look around and go, how did we miss that? 
particularly if it's Bird in the halves. Mbai, I think, steals enough kicking that he probably makes us not want to ask those questions. Uh, Ryan, we've been talking about Ben Hunt for the last 18 months and he hasn't come true yet. We're happy to keep avoiding. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a time in about eight weeks where his name will come up again. But until then, I think we're fine. I think we're good. Yep, 1.8%. Happy to stay away from that. Let those 1.8% make that mistake. Similarly, Christian Welch uh, seems to be eased back in, particularly if Tarek Sims is going to be in the middle. I think that takes a little bit of pressure off Welch. Nass looks to be the almost the de facto leader of the pack now, uh, just looks fit and offloading. And, and I'm actually sad to see him not on this list. Uh, I definitely would take him Oops. over Christian Welch. Uh, I'd definitely take him over Christian Welch at this time. Uh, anyone have anything pro Christian Welch to say before we move on to the next guy? He's very handsome. Oh, he's, oh, he's obviously handsome, mate. He's a lost uh, – you and him are the, the lost uh, twins of the Hemsworths. <laughs> <laughs> Serious? Uh, you can mate. talk about uh, Ness, though. He's 2.9, so. Yeah, I know. I'm He's he should. He bloody well should be. He's just yeah. one of the best ones on this list. Uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona. If he was to play fifty-five minutes a week, I think he'd be a keeper. Um, I think I've just got him a touch lower. I think I've got him in the forty-five to fifty-minute bracket. Uh, but I mean, he was just offloading at will. He's so massive, and I mean, if they if they were to you know you know lose a Welch due or Tarek Sims due to Ill injury, which let's face it, there's probably likely one of those two at some point this year. Uh, you know, they really don't have a lot behind him. Ness was, you know, what did he have about 26 offloads in that game? He looked awesome. Uh, the Warriors just had four blokes hanging off him and he just, you know, was getting it away every time. So, yeah, big, big fan of him, but probably not a buy. But definitely worth mentioning if we're going to speak about uh, some of these other blokes, and his name definitely deserves to be on the list by default. Um, anyone have any particularly passionate feelings about Nass outside of that? No, uh, not, just, not really. He kind of feels like to pain. Just needs the minutes. Yeah, I'm not sure he'll get the minutes. That's my only concern. Yep. Uh, same team, different player, Nick Meany. The Storm looked very clunky, and... Um, I mean, there's a lot of footy going to the edges and not being played around the middle, which might be a strategy for this year for the Storm, given their strength is, you know, out in the, you know, outside backs and the halves. They might be looking to just sort of move the ball out of the middle. And, and I mean, Meany's fine, but, I mean, he's got a lot of good data, but at, we're, we're, I think we're all, Ryan, we're firmly in the camp of the don't spend money on wing fullbacks this year. Yeah, well, I know Austin's might uh, feel a little bit differently. I know he was feeling a little bit positive about Meany, but uh, I don't know. I, I just find him very meh. Like, I've got him projected in the mid-40s, which is fine. Like, that's, you know, about five, six points of value, and it's decent scoring as well from your wing fullbacks. But I, I don't know. Just the thing that puts me off, let's assume that um, Pap is back, say, round 10, because the Storm have the bye in round nine. So let's say he's back round 10, playing, coming off the bench at 14. Um, like, you, your hope would be that, like, Meany would move into 5-8, like once Munster's in origin camp, and then they've got another buy in round 13 as well. So, like, I don't know. Like, is, like I'm, I'm not really sure, like, why why you want to spend up that much. Like, you're like yeah, you're going to get some decent scoring, but, like, you know, he's not going to generate that much cash. He's got two early buys as well. 
I don't know. It's it's just I don't. I look at him and I'm like, it's not a bad buy, but it's not a particularly inspiring one to me. Maybe, like maybe Austin can give us the pro meaning argument. Uh nah, yeah, I've kind of climbed down off that that tree now. I'm kind of solid <laughs> in the camp again of going cheap, cheap, cheap. So guns and cows, no mid ranges, especially in the wing fullback. I still wouldn't begrudge anyone for. Um, starting him because there's definitely the stats there to back up that he could be into the high 40s and low 50s average if everything goes right for him. Yeah, I like guns and cows. I think it's a good strat. Austin, wise way to get on the list. (laughs) Yeah, this is another (laughs) blood rush. You know, you can see this kind of a theme here. We have conversations and then they appear. Um, Wade Egan is just probably one of those ones where he just seems to be building towards 80 minutes. This is one of those there's not really much uh, stats around it. It's more just like a gut feel type of if he's going to come into his own. There's a chance he could play 80 minutes if that's the way the new coach feels because um, Webster's shown that he, by starting forward, he's not scared to just change it up. And I think Wade's trying to build towards being an 80-minute hooker. So basically... To sum it all up, it's more of a gut feel type of thing. But, yeah, probably one to watch. I saw he's in uh, Balenc's team, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Balenc. We should have got Balenc on just for this. Um, uh, just for I Egan. Think I had a quick chat with Balenc about this because I wanted to, him to explain himself. Um, but I, <laughs> I think it's there is some chat from Webster that Walker's not going to play hooker minutes. He's there L- to play night. in the middle. Um, and... Uh, the back line and then but yes if Lusick's there then he's an absolutely a no-go um but yeah Egan could play 70 plus minutes and then obviously Webster rates him really highly he said this week that he was a top four NRL hooker which we all laughed at um and (laughs) it's definitely not true um but yeah I think I'm definitely not going out to bat for Egan or anything. It's just um, I think that's the kind of talk around it is that if he can play 80 or get close to 80, then um, it's, it'd be pretty easy for him to get close to 10 points of value, I would say. Can you do me a favor, Rob, while we're sitting here? Can you go across to the NRL physio profiles and have a look at Wade Egan's concussion history for me? Yeah, we'll do. Just while we're talking. Um, I'm going to circle back to Wade Egan, but we're going to stay at the Warriors with the ever-mercurial Sean Johnson, who I was we, – we basically completely missed, and then I was really hot and bothered on him, and then I went off him completely, and I'm now landed in a sort of somewhere between those two things, uh, which is pretty much where you landed when you first did your analysis on him, Ryan, which was I think he's going to average in the high 40s. Um, I think he's going to average 43. 43? Yeah. Why? Uh, That's just just my gut feel for him this year. I feel like that's what he is. Okay. I'm I'm sort of thinking uh, with Johnson, he could be this year's burden in terms of um, not necessarily – I'm not saying necessarily he's going to average 50s. (laughs) What I'm saying is it's it's not. Just let me explain myself. Um, Because last year, right, we were very anti – uh, burden in terms of don't start with him, um, pick him up later on in the year. And I think Johnson could fall into that camp. Like we, we've spoken about the Warriors, you know, horrendous early draw. They've got the Warriors, Cowboys, Dogs, um, the Sharks, 
Cowboys again, Melbourne, Roosters, Panthers, Dogs again. Like up until that first buy, it's it's pretty horrendous. Um, it eases up in the back half. So maybe that's when you want to look at Johnson. Like maybe once if he if he's still plodding along, the Warriors are struggling. Is he still on the points. team? Is he still on the team if we're two and nine? Yes. Going that's yes. a very good question. Yes, maybe. he is. Maybe. I mean, Volkman's not that good. Like I'm, I no, think, and that's the only one that would take his spot away. But the fans won't be having it. Like he's the he's the scapegoat of the Warriors, and if we are that bad, which we like two and nine is optimistic for the for the for that run of games. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really really tough for him to keep his spot on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like oh, who's, who, who's the alternative? Here's it's here's Volkman. here's what I want to here's what I want to talk to you guys about with Sean Johnson. All right. So last year, came out of the blocks with a 40, 47, 49, and a 28 in the 70-plus percent kick bracket, Um, but not goal kicking aside from one game, but then dropped down to a 13% kicking in round seven and scored a 21, and then had a couple of other games where he went sort of sub-50 percent kick meters, scoring a 22 and a 22 there, um, you take out those three games, uh, it automatically uh, – where did I go? Hold on. So I've stuffed it up here. <laughs> it's classic words. Click so, that. Yeah, so you take out the three, you take out the three, the 22, 22, and 21, where he kicked under 50%, which I just think is not possible this year. Uh, you take those three games out and he averages 44 points per game. Uh, and he comes in priced at, what, 38? So, I mean, there's six points of value there straight away. Now, also last year in those games, he only averaged 1.4 points per game in kick meter. So you take that out, it's 43, but then he is, uh, sorry, in goal kicking. So it's 43 without the goal kicking, just, you know, removing the three games where he was sub 50% kicks. Now, the Warriors, let's say they're a bad team, which they probably are. You know, they score three tries a week on average or, you know, kick penalty goals or whatever. He's a pretty good goal kicker, 70-something percent. You know, he's five points a game in goal kicking. That's 48. That is 10 points of value. And I think that's fairly doable. I yeah, think that's that 10 is points achievable. of value. You know, that is, you know, and, you know, the other thing as well is he doesn't play State of Origin. He's going to be available in round 13. They have the buy in round 12 where, you know, everybody else of State of Origin is going to play barring injury. They don't get rested in round 12. You know, it's he's at a really nice price point. There's nobody else. Like, you know, I would, it, like, Sean Johnson... I would suggest is, you know, I said it, he'll average more than Sam Walker this year and he's 70K cheaper. Mm. Just makes a lot of sense. And he plays one extra game before round 13 and plays in round 13, which Sam Walker won't. Yeah, I I tend to agree with what Ryan said, a la being like Burden, um, just after that horror run, if he's still sitting around like like mid-500s, he'd be a good pickup because then you could just... See if he makes enough coin to get back up, or you just keep him as a backup half that plays through the buys. Yeah, I mean, like he he put up a sixty-two against the Rabbitohs last year without a try. So I mean, the Rabbitohs were great. Um, you know, look, not great against the Panthers in round fifteen, and not great against the Storm in round seven. But that was one of those games where he didn't kick that much. But I mean, even forty-nine against the Cowboys. 
Uh, there's a 56 against the grand finalist Eels. So, I mean, it's it's not like he can't put up points in those games. But, I mean, and this is, you know, games where he was only kicking at the 70, 75, 79%. There's no Reese Walsh. they got Tamari Martin, who's going to, like, 90 kick metres a game. Uh, Wade Egan can put the boot on it a little bit. He might take 5% of the kick metres. And then, you know, Chance isn't going to kick the ball at all. He he really should be at, you know, 85% kick metres this year, you know, which should really be at the, you know, 400-odd a game. There's an extra point or two in there. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I just – and the Warriors looked pretty decent against the Storm. Like, for a long time there, they were hanging with him. Like, they, you know, they might not be anywhere near as bad as what we thought. You know, near Kure, it's particularly if that edge back rower is constantly fit because there's four different blokes playing outside him. You know, maybe it's that they, you know, they're going to keep him fresh out on that edge to keep, you know, looking after SJ, keep hitting those lines, and, and that Warriors attack's going to gonna thrive there. I mean, but even if it doesn't, even if he just does what he did last year minus the games where he didn't kick because he was injured or he's playing with a guy like Harris Tavita who was taking a lot of kick meters, like he's going to... You know, he's going to average in the mid to high 40s or 50-something. Stop stop talking me into him. It's Are you starting with him, Mark? Working. Yeah, Mark, he's starting with I just, him. Though. I just took I just took Dewey out of my team and put him in, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, i got to admit, it's it's very, you make a very good argument. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm right, mate. It's easy to make good arguments when you're right. <laughs> I don't know if you'll have him by the time we lock out, but we'll see. Yeah. No, I, 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 I took him out. But I uh, no, he's sitting on my bench now. I do still have Dewey, but yeah, I'm just fiddling around. I had an empty spot. I got 82k still. I, I went, uh, I put an extra cheapie in, got rid of Liero. Um, so I had I had like 650k. So I've just put Johnson in there, and I still got 80k left. So I think that's mm. an upgrade. Pretty happy with that. You think it's similar to when he was partnering Moylan in the halves, potentially? Probably. Like, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. 90-ish percent kick meters. Yeah. Yeah, and he was he was massive at that time. He was. Mm. He was yeah. playing in a in what we expect to be a, a better team than what this Warriors side was. Though the Sharks were a fringe eight team at that point, weren't they? Yes. Uh, they, like scraped, they only just scraped in the eight. I think the stat was that they were the only team to make the eight in the history of the NRL without beating any teams above them, or something like that. So <laughs> that's a weird stat. Yeah, I know. It, that's why I remembered it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely like, I mean, he's definitely, uh, you know, he's up and down. But, I mean, previous to last year, you know, if you look at his games where he played at least 71 minutes, Sean Johnson, and, you know, cue the comments about injuries and blah, blah, blah. You know, the the years previous was 47, 47, 51, and then 45, but his, his uh, you know, goal-kicking points per game were reduced because obviously that was the start of Reese Walsh in 2021. Um, and then last year, you know, he was down again. for the, But it was mostly just the goal-kicking and in-play kicking. Like he kicked 80, 85 metres more in 2021 than he did in 2022. That's, you know, two-point-something points and then three points of goal-kicking. He's back up in the 45, 46 bracket. You know, it's it's not it doesn't take a lot here, guys, to get him into the, you know, forty seven, forty eight, which is ten points of value. And, you know, it's a nice little money maker. But I mean, you know, he's certainly not safe. So but he is definitely a pod at one point six percent. That is that is true. Um just coming back briefly to Wade Egan, he doesn't actually have any concussions listed. Nah, um that is well so, send Physio an, in- an inbox message and tell him he needs to update yeah. his 
you know, best yeah. buddy. So he had one in 2021. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the injury profiles as well. So oh, yes. No, concussion plus hip laceration. Yeah, yeah, one in twenty-one, and then there was a face laceration last year. Yeah, that's a concussion. I don't know if you, I don't know if you can get face lacerations without a concussion. <laughs> With fractured teeth, jeez. Yeah. So no, I just yeah, I just don't yeah. Like I was the first person. I don't know if you remember back in the old days, Ryan. I was first man in on Wade Egan. <laughs> back in the day, I liked him when he was a two hundred and fifty k cheapy mate. That was that was the Wade Egan time for me, mate. Kyle Felt, he's on the yes. list here. 439k, 1.6%. Yes. This is your pod. Ryan, Kyle Felt, why is he the pod of the year this year? I'm going to make Kyle Felt a thing, damn it. Um, <laughs> I really want to start with him, but there's just, there's just too many cheap options that uh, is going to keep me from making this mistake. But no, look. Felt, um, he's an interesting one. So he's priced at 30. Uh, so obviously he had a couple of games last year where he, he had a, a hammy and a concussion as well. Like he had, what, uh, three games there where he played under 70 minutes. Um, if you if you take those out, he averaged 34 and a half. But the interesting thing uh, and what got me looking at this was your analysis, Mark, on uh, Valentine Holmes and how much better he was over the second half of the year. And it was similar to Kyle Felt, where he was averaging in the low 40s from round eight onwards whenever he played at least 70 minutes. Um, And he did that by scoring, uh, I think, basically one try a game on average. Um, And look, and and for the same reason you were speaking about Val uh, with the Cowboys early draw, like they've got the Raiders, Broncos, Warriors, Titans, Dogs, Dolphins, Warriors again, Knights, um, no buys to begin the year. We'll play around 13 as well. Um, it, I think he's going to be inch- in the State of Origin team, mate. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, that's true. I forgot about that. Um, he's an interesting option if things click and go right, if he's scoring a lot of tries to begin the year. Um, and he's one I probably would have considered until we had this just influx of uh, cheap wing fullbacks um, that have probably just, yeah, completely steered me off him now. But um, he was an interesting option, and I don't think he's too bad of an option for draft. If, you, if you're looking for a sleeper draft, you know, to be your backup wing fullback, I think he's a good option. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'll, I'll love it. He's a good friend of the show, Kyle Felt. Uh, but, no, he's uh, – I, I know one of, my, uh, one of my mates had him the other year, and I said to him, I said, what do you have Kyle Felt in your team? And then, sure enough, 2021 – just exploded and made me look really silly. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? Maybe it's his year to be a fantasy keeper. Who put him in red? Who put him in red on the spreadsheet? Change that immediately. <laughs> Mark put that in as soon as you started talking. It was so funny. <laughs> like, what, why, is, why is he a, a go? And then I just, like, moved him into red. All right. <laughs> I actually just didn't even hear what you said, mate, at all. I just turned off. I was just fiddling. I was just moving Sean Johnson around my team. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys. Tavita Pangai Jr. is out injured for the early rounds. Ryan Sutton uh, should see some elevated minutes here, 1.5% owned, 491K. Rob, you, have, you haven't taken a hit up in a while, mate. You're doing the Kelma Tour Lungy, so talk to me about Ryan Sutton. I think actually this was who I meant to say have a look at rather than Makatoa. I think there was some um, spreadsheet <laughs> yes. shenanigans going on. Um, but yes, um, I, I, have, I haven't actually looked at him in depth since Pangai got hurt, but Sutton's just a bit meh, isn't he? Oh, that's a bit rough. Yes. I've, just, I've never really been excited by him. Um, but 34, price at 34, um, 
there's definitely some value there. Um, where, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, yeah. okay, just looking at his 40 to 59-minute games, uh, nine starts in 2019 for a 37 average. 2020, it goes up to 46 and 48 minutes. Then 2021, it's 41 and 51 minutes, and then 40 last year and 48 minutes in the 40 to 59-minute game. So, mm. I mean, he does have the ability there, but, I mean, Ryan, I know you were about to start talking there. Yeah. Is, is, is it a, it's just an awkward price point, it seems like? Yeah, well, look, I, I don't think much has changed since I did my um, you know, article on him in the preseason um, because we know who uh, Sutton is. He's just a, he's a little thrills-based stat accumulator. Um, his PPM is about 0.83, give or take 0.01 here or there. Um, I, I, I came to the conclusion that to have a safe 10, 10 points of value, Sutton's going to need at least 53 minutes per week on average. Um, and I, I just don't know if it's there. Um, I, I would expect King will probably play 50. Thompson, 55. Um, is is 55 there for Sutton? Uh, it, it, the margins are just very thin. I think that's the problem. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Mm. So I rejig the uh, website. I started on rejigging the website today um, until I had to start actually doing some work. And, um, you know, looking at it, he, you know, I had, so I had the minutes, I obviously shifted Fatala Mariner to starting. It seems like he was going to do that anyway. Uh, 80 minutes, same with kick out 80 minutes. Uh, Thompson 55, uh, Ryan Sutton, which will be TPJ when he's fit for 50 minutes and King for 50 minutes. And then I put Waddell 35, Andrew Davey 30, Pele 20. Uh, I, you know, I mean, the, what would need to happen is they'd need to play one of those blokes out on the edge sub kick hour off and, and play those middles a bit longer. But, I mean, 50 minutes is already like, you know, there's not many middles in the NRL that play more than 50, and I don't know if Sutton's a top 10% middle in the NRL. So, yeah, I feel like he'd be better off playing 45 to 50 good minutes than 55 to 60 not great ones. Uh, also, the Bulldogs are a little bit scary this year. Um, slow start. I still am not going to shy away from 60-plus average Matt Burton, but he's definitely made me nervous. And it's some, some slander before from um, from Austin. Oh, <laughs> mate, and uh, catching and, some strays. Poor Matt. Yeah, Burton. yeah, bloody uh, the. Uh, I think uh, TK or those guys were talking about having them having him start sub forty again this year, which you know seems ludicrous. So he did start slow last year. Um, he did, but it was a brand that, new team, completely different team. It's yeah, it's chalk and cheese, mate. You can't, you can't compare. That was the, the draw was bad as well. So yeah, yeah it was. No, the Bulldogs are going to be fine. They're gonna, uh, they're going to be a fringe top eight side this year. That's that's that is it. Cohen Hess, much more interesting than Ryan Sutton, which is surprising. I think um, looks to be a, a fifty plus average guy because he's a weapon. No, not really. Um, looks like he's going to play the Tom Gilbert role early in the season until we get Lukey or uh, old mate back. Leilua. Uh, Leilua. But even then, I mean, really, Gachevsky, you know, Lukey might just come into the bench in the Gachevsky role and, and Hess could stay where he is. I mean, if we see a 50-plus minute Cohen Hess, uh, there is some value there in that price bracket. Probably not enough to get me interested, but, you know, no state of origin, Maybe some increased minutes through that time. Oh, I just pulled him up in the Rugby League Fantasy Pro and saw five games at centre and then shuddered and remembered those games. <laughs> I remember those. Um, you know, he averages in the 40s when he plays in the middle for at least 
50 minutes, but I, I mean, you have to imagine that that's not going to hold on the PPM on the edge. Um, Ryan, you, know, you were sort of looking at him a little bit here. What, what, where did you land on him? Yeah, well, I had a, a DM. I can't remember who it was. So whoever you were, you were well onto it. Um, basically, just asking about Cohen Hess. Um, I, I just came to the conclusion. I think he's just a little bit short. So if if we're assuming he's playing the Tom Gilbert role, say you know twenty five to thirty, let's say thirty on an edge, thirty in the middle, right? Um, his PPM on an edge in the past has been pretty good. Um, I, I sort of put him down for about 18, 19 points in 30 minutes. The problem is his middle PPM is, is just really lacking. It's about 0.8. Um, yeah, so like it just leaves him a little bit lacking from, from that regard. So, like, if he was to, um, like, that's an extra 24 points. So that probably puts him in the low 40s, high 30s. It just really depends on how many minutes he's playing in that role. Um, yeah, again, it's another one where the margins are thin. You, you, no room for error there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at Tom Gilbert last year, he was a high 30s average guy, and, and Hess is already priced at 33. So, yeah, I don't think mm. Hess is significantly better than than Tom Gilbert. We could probably just cross that one off the list, list and save us some stress, I think, uh, yeah. as much as we love the Cowboys. Jared Wallace hit 1.4%. Unfortunately, he's not starting. Looks like Mark Nichols is going to be there. Man, the Dolphins are a very big concern. Uh, 426K, 29 break-even. Just doesn't seem to have quite the juice that we need him to have. Uh, anything? Have any, anyone have any strongly pro-Jared Wallace commentary before we move on to some much better options? No. I mean, the pro is that. Start, with no, does start. start with no Dolphins. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on the No Dolphins train now, so, yeah, I'll be happily not watching any of their games. Uh, Raymond Faitala Mariner, 560K, 38 break-even. is in the Teague-Wilton price bracket, the Daniel Saifidi price bracket. Looks to be the best option if history repeats itself prior to injury. Uh, I know, uh, I guess maybe we'll, we'll, we'll let you have a hit up uh, Kelma, a.k.a. Rob. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about Raymond Faitala Mariner and his prospects for this year? Um, I think we think he's going to play 80 minutes, don't we, on, on an edge. Um, I, th- I think there's some value there. He he's a, plays a very fantasy-friendly game. Um, it's It kind of just comes down to how good the dogs are, I think, for me. Mm. Um, I would get him over... Who are we just talking about? Oh, Teague. Teague I'll get him over Teague, but just because we know kind of what that bench is going to look like, um, mm. and it's unlikely that there's going to be someone pinching minutes from him. Um, but I just – I'm not quite sure there's enough upside for me. Um, he is very – he does get a lot of attacking stats, but there's also um, some negative stats creeping in there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit hot and cold for me um, for, for starting with, that's for sure. Yeah. Who do you prefer, Raymond Faitala Mariner or Daniel Saifidi? Are they the same price? About 15K different. Um, I think I'd get Saifidi. Oh, it's a bit of a floor ceiling one for me, I think. Um, I'll go Faitala. Who do you prefer, Sean Johnson or Raymond Faitala Mariner? I'll get Sean. Oh, yes. (laughs) All right. Uh, anyone have anything else to discuss? I mean, Ryan, I know you commented something about his pre and post injury uh, PPM. Yeah, well, that, that's just what we need to get back to. So last year, um, when he 
got back into the starting side, playing at least 50 minutes a week, his PPM was 0.62 um, prior to the injury. So 2020, uh, that was sitting at 0.66. And I think 2019, it was about 0.7. So uh, for me, to for him to be a buy, um, we just need to see some return to post-injury form, which is a big question mark. And, but that said, he was coming off a very serious injury. It's a miracle he even came back to play, to be honest. So... Look, I don't think it's impossible we mark for improvement, but, yeah, just uh, big question marks. Yeah, he is also big almost question. 30 as well, so he's not really a young player. You know, it is more than likely that he might just, you know, lose half a step and with that injury, no tries last year doesn't help uh, in eight games. So maybe that had something to do with it, where previously he's 35, 37, 50, you know, in that sort of range. Um, although he did have one game in 20, but only a one game sample size in 2017 where he put up a 59 without a try. But I mean, previous to that, he's, he's usually pretty good for a few tries. So yeah, definitely, uh, one to keep an eye on. Wouldn't shock me if he's a, a really nice pod, but not somebody that sort of works in my team unless I decide to shy away from Sean at the last moment. Uh, <laughs> which is entirely possible. How many times um, has he been in and out of your team so far, Sean? Oh no, he he's yeah he's been in and around. He's on the very short list. So, uh, Aaron Clark is a funny one. Come off the bench in the trial, played a little bit of hooker, but I mean that was uh, more reflective of the fact that it was a trial game and they don't run their exact rotations every time. I've gone cold on him just in general with the double buy, you know, round five and round thirteen. Uh, and, you know, question marks, if he's not starting, particularly if he's coming off the bench, that's a really big red flag for me. Uh, but even if he starts, I mean, it is a concern, particularly if David Fafida is going to be an 80-minute player and, you know, it seems like, you know, Holbrook really might be on his last legs here. So, I mean, you know, if it was up to me and I had a choice between playing Fafida or Clark for more minutes, I know which way I'd go, but I'm also not somebody that thinks David Fafida is a centre either. So... Um, Austin, where are you at with regards to Aaron Clark? I see you've listed him as buy here. Uh, yeah, this is a very early preseason buy. I've definitely gone cold on him now. There's definitely value there if he starts. He has to start because half of his value is coming from his duel, and then you don't know what minutes he's going to be playing off the bench. So it's kind of a touch and go for TLT. I wouldn't begrudge anyone taking him, but their buy is a bit, bit too early for like to be comfortable and just in his price range, there's just better options. Like there's Johnson, there's Safidi and there's a couple of others as well around that, like RFM, even Egan Butcher. So yeah, not for me. Any additional thoughts there, Ryan or Rob? Yeah. It's one of those ones Mm. where I think we saw him on the bench and yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't think there's quite enough upside for me. Um, and, yeah, his duel, I felt, was really helpful. I think him just as a hooker just doesn't help me that much or my team. So I'm, I'm happy mm. to go with a, down a different option um, and not to mention the buys that you both have already mentioned. Yep. Uh, Jaden Braley, really just not very interested in him. I don't really, you know, doesn't do a lot for me. 1.3%, he's that hooker. If you need a hooker and you don't trust Reese Robson, you can't afford the other guys, I think I might prefer him to read Marnie. Uh, just feels a bit safer, maybe more likely to play 80 minutes, I think. Um, but, I mean, the Knights are not great. And Braley actually did a lot better when the, the Knights were actually doing well previously. Uh, you know, he did, you know, have those 
couple of games. I remember, don't know if you remember, Ryan Shimmy do at the start of 2021 where he's averaging like 65. Yeah, for like the first half of 2021, he was uh, a different player to what he was doing in the back half of 2021 where yeah. everyone everyone hated him in the back half of 2021. <laughs> I know if you remember, this is, you know, and, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, delicately, this was very, it was funny uh, thing where, uh, there was a certain uh, content creator slash producer who was actively fighting against the Jaden Braley breakout all the way through to round 10 uh, and then finally jumped on him right when he fell off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was actually, I've never seen a person with worse luck that held out for so long the only thing comparable to me is is me missing out on Nathan Cleary for a year and a half and then buying him three weeks before he gets sent off and suspended for five weeks. <laughs> that was like I didn't have him for a year and a half and I had him for three games in, in almost two years. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, actually, four games, but one of them only had one point. So... <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, just Jaden Braley is an interesting one. I think if the Knights are a better team, I could, you know, see myself, you know, getting suck, sucked in. He did have three tri-assists in the first five games there. Pretty nice base, you know, a lot of tackles. And then you know, maybe the tackles sort of seemed to drop off a little bit. In the last game, he had three run meters. There was another game there where he had zero run meters. I wonder if maybe there was some sort of, but I mean, there was another one there where he put up a 61 with only 13 run meters. So, you know, maybe it's just, I don't know. You know, definitely the attacking stats definitely dropped off in the front half, back half. If you look at them, you know, there's a spattering of tries, tries, this line breaks, tackle bus, and then there's just absolutely nothing at the back end. So, I mean, you know, if Bradley is fit and ready to go and, you know, maybe he was carrying an injury there, who knows? Um, yeah, be be keen to see if he does break out because he might be the pod for the, you know, Reese Robson, Jaden Braley. He might end up better, but, you know, I've, I've got my chips in on, on Robson. But, yeah, he, he's an interesting one for sure. Um, anyone have any strong feelings on Braley before we move along? No. No. We've talked enough about Braley. Yep, cool. All right. Jack Achevsky, take him off the list. Don't buy him. He sucks. Um, <laughs> Egan Butcher. Much better option to have a look at. Uh, some mail going around that maybe Crichton's going to miss the first couple of weeks um, and also additional mail that the um, that he might actually end up overtaking his brother Nat to be the edge. Uh, I don't personally think either of those things are going to happen. Uh, I think we're going to see Angus in round one and Egan on the bench, but see how we go. Um, and also at that price point, I'd much prefer to take someone safer in Raymond Vitala Mariner. I think, Ryan, what are your thoughts around Egan Butcher? Yeah, same. There's just so many unknowns here. Um, it, to me, he would be a lot better if Angus was there round one and we knew he had this job over Nat. But given the uncertainty there, um, mm. yeah, just too many red flags, just too much risk. I'd, yeah, and there's other options in that. And he's not cheap. You know, there's other options in that price range. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're right down in the weeds now at 1.1%, but there is some there is some light at the end of this particular tunnel. Uh, the next guy here, Jack Bird, 607K, he's going to be a guy. Hopefully what happens is he starts off uh, in the halves, drops a bit of cash, and then they shuffle things around and he ends up at lock or on the edge and, and becomes a keeper later on. One to keep an eye on, not somebody I'm going to start with in round one, but 
you know, the next guy here is somebody that we are really hot on, Tyson Frizzell. And, Ryan, you've been waiting 106 minutes to talk about Tyson Frizzell. So I won't make you wait, make you wait any longer. Have at it. Yeah, look, Frizzell's been someone who's been in my team since day dot. He's been in just about every draft I've made and it hasn't changed. He'll be in my side round one. He's one of the few people that's uh, completely safe in my side. Um, and, look, a lot of this goes back to – uh, potentially me not owning him last year. So I was one of the few people that weren't burnt um, who, who bought him and, and were very disappointed. But from, from the NRL Physio podcast, like he spoke about the, the rib cartilage injuries and how much that affects court performance. And Joseph Tarpin, he was the same. Um, and, and to be honest, I'm surprised his ownership is below 1% because I feel like it should be higher. He, he So he's priced at about 46, 47. But last year when he played at least 70 minutes, he averaged close to 54. He's been an elite second rower ever since he joined Newcastle. Um, you know, averages over 54 just about every single year. To me, like again, I can see him averaging about the fifty-three. And the thing big in my in his favour for mine is how good the Knights draw is to begin the year. Like they've got the Warriors, Tigers, Dolphins, Raiders, Manly, Warriors again. It, it toughens up after that. But like those first six games, to me, are just yeah, I don't know. It, it just really seems uh, there could be some good attacking stats there. And again, like I was, I was seeing him bust a couple of tackles in the trial game too, and it just got me excited. He, he's just, yeah, he's an elite gun, and I think he can be that again this year, and you're getting a bit of a discount on him. Do we have a cold water naysayer on Tyson Vrazel here? Because it's not me, that's for sure, but... No, not me. Up. It's no, just love it. Many- we might be the 0.9%, the four of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He hasn't really been in my team, but I've just plugged him in due to Ryan's impassioned speech. There's just too many edge cheapies. That's the problem. Like, it seems like the one position where we just are spoiled for choice so much, where we have a 370-something K guy in Trent Loera and we're not really going anywhere near him because we have so much edge options this year. Mm. Yep. Yes, we do. But, yeah, no, he seems to be – I think he was down as our edge number four just behind Dave Vafida and, you know, a full 100K cheaper or, you know, 98K cheaper. Looks a gun. Um, Tavita Totola is an interesting one, 628K, 43 points uh, price, uh, 0.9% ownership. Uh, he is a guy who I have no interest in whatsoever uh, but keep hearing people ask and talk about him. But he's only 0.9%, yet the only people I hear talking about Ty from Frizzell is us. So I don't know what's going on here, boys. Uh, Austin, talk to me about Tavita Totola, mate. What are your thoughts here? Um, yeah, I just saw that a lot of people were talking about him. Well, I mean, we say a lot of people, but 0.9%. So, And I thought we'd just kind of put the stake through him right now and say it's kind of we don't. It's kind of a bit too much of an unknown, and he's probably one-on-one. You want to just wait and see. He does have good PPM, as we know, but he's going to need to get a stable like 55-minute roll to be worth any value which we don't really see him getting in that pack because most of the minutes that are available are spare, generally get eaten up by Arrow or Murray before they do to Tola. Yeah, it seems like Arrow is going to land across in the middle uh, more so than he was last year. They're going to end up playing a bit more Jacob Host down the edge. You know, if you have a look at Totola, uh in his 45-plus minute games, uh, 2020 he averaged 45 in 50 minutes, 2021, he averaged 44 in 49 minutes and then 55 in 55, 56 minutes last year. But a 33% try scoring rate in 12 games, that's four tries, which is a lot for a middle forward. That's more than double the Daniel Saifidi sample size and not something that we typically expect. 
He has four points in average on tries, which would bring it down to 51 in 56 minutes. I mean, if he got 55 minutes, I'm fine. Like, like 55 minutes, if Ken Murray got injured, I'd be so deep inside to Tyler, it's not funny. But it's, you know, I just don't see it at the moment, boys. So I think he's a, yeah, uh, yeah. it's a bit of a fool's goal. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you look at a lot of his big-minute games last year, they all came when Cam Murray either wasn't playing or in round 25 when Murray had that first-minute head knock and Mm. was ruled out for the rest of the game. So I think uh, if you look at the games where um, Totola played with Murray, he only only played two games all year last year where he played over 55 minutes, not including round 25. So to me, he's a 50-point, sorry, a 50-minutes, you know, mid to high 40s average guy. Good. Love that. Love that. Uh, Corey Horsburgh, he was one we were pretty hot on. I was pretty hot on early in the preseason when I thought he was going to be a starter. Seems like they're going to roll out Emery Gula and he's probably going to sit in the exact same role that he was in last year, that 40 to 45 minute bench prop. Uh, And, you know, he's lost a lot of interest for me since, you know, probably a lot of other people. It's only at 0.8% ownership. Uh, much more interested in Emre Gula, although I don't think he's going to quite get there with the average either. I think he's probably seven or eight points of value, um, and he's you know he'd be a low ownership guy that we need to speak about as well. Um, so I had a bit of a look at Gula today. Um, so he's only at zero point seven percent ownership. Uh, so if you go across, I had him projected in the 30 to 35. So, I mean, he, he could be tickling the 10 points of value if he was to get that 40 to 45 minutes. But, it's it, you know, once again, we're asking to trust Sticky, uh, and I just don't. So, yeah, I, I, I think if I was going to take one of them, I think it would end up being Gula at this time. But, you know, if we were to see a Tarpany or Josh Papali'i injury, we could probably revisit this. But at the moment, I'm, I'm not really there. Um, anything, have anything, anyone have anything pro Horsburgh? No. No. Yep. I'm going to lob Pasami Solo in this as well. It says here, fourth Raiders prop. I think he might be the, you know, sixth middle Um, in the pecking order. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I kind of, I was talking to MLS, which is Maddie. He's the Raiders guru. Um, he was, he made a comment about Solo on one of the posts in the group about your Game Theory article asking about how many cheapies is too many cheapies. And he kind of did a bit of a split there where he kind of explains that he is the fourth prop. But then again, you know, you gotta, you gotta trust Ricky, which we don't want to do a la like Harry Rushton last year. So yeah. Yeah, no, no trust. No, um, no. It, it takes something special to get me to get a player in a lime green jersey after the shenanigans Top last year. I've already got, I've already got two. I got Smith Shields and Tarpany, which is, <laughs> is too, it's too too many for me. Uh, Luke Thompson, uh, Ryan, he's an interesting one. Uh, if he was to get, you know, if he could sneak up into the fifty, high fifties to sixty minutes, particularly with the Pengai injury, he represents an interesting one. But um, you know, it's another big if in a, an unpredictable Bulldogs pack. Yeah, and he really hasn't shown much in terms of PPM outside of 2021. So, obviously, he had the big uh, year PVL ball. His PPM was almost won a game. Um, the the question marks, I guess, or the, the asterisks you could put in there is like 2020. Obviously, he spent a shit ton of time sitting in a hotel room waiting to get onto the field. And then 2022, he you know had to 
uh, go back home to England because of personal issues, had a concussion and a bunch of injuries to begin the year as well. Um, typically, he's always been a 55-minute prop um, when healthy in, in this side. It could be a little bit different with Seraldo, but I don't think it will be. I think it'll be a 55-minute middle. It really just depends on his on his PPM. Are we going to get the 2022-2020 Luke Thompson where it's 0.8? Are we going to get 2021 or at least a version of that somewhere in between? where he can push into that that value. Like, if you want to split the difference, if you can push up to closer to 0.9, well, then there's definite value here. But, yeah, again, it's just a big risk. And I think, I think I'd think i rather take a punt on your man, Slofidi. Yeah, you would. <laughs> All right. Big Clem, 797K, uh, 0.7% ownership. He is just, for me, too highly priced. Um, you know, off an awesome season last year, you know, great, does great things. There's just a lot of question marks in terms of the minutes in this pack. If he's playing a 55-minute middle role, I think his scoring should be very similar to what it was, you know, last year and where he's priced, meaning that, you know, there's no rush to get him. He's probably, you know, if he's playing 55 to 60 minutes a game, he'll be in my final team. But, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to rush out and spend 800K on a guy who's sort of at value when you got your Haas, Tarpany, you know, Carrigan, Cotter types running around, similar scoring for, you know, less or, you know, upside into the 60s, which I don't think that Clemmer has in his range of outcomes. I know you're a big fan of the Tigers. Austin, what do you think about David Clemmer? Yeah, he's definitely one that is just too hard to project in this new look pack because they've added like almost four or five premier forwards to the rotation. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But he's definitely one for the future you could look at and see how he goes. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, he's he's one I think it'll be in my final team, particularly considering he's got, you know, get his two buys out of the way early. Um, he's available in the second and third major buy, he'll, and he's not going to be in the origin team. He'll be somebody I'll be looking for in round 14, 15, 16, you know, depending on, uh, cash and all that, but you know, somebody I'll be actively targeting around that time. Uh, Zach Lomax, probably in a similar boat. He's somebody he'll I'll be sort of targeting middle rounds as a potential keeper center, depending on how the Dragons are going. Uh, you know, they'll probably be in the top eight by this stage, and and you know he'll be a buy because they're a, an awesome team that you know has spent their cap, salary cap wisely on uh, options like Frank Molo and Moses Suli. Um, so no doubt there'll be a gun side this year. Uh, but, you know, obviously round one, too expensive. You just go to Valentine Holmes if you're going to spend that money. Happy with that, boys? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't play round one, but um, round two. Yep. Now, Rob, while I got you, mate, I want to take an unbiased opinion from somebody on Jamal Fogarty. 723K, priced at 49, 0.4% ownership. For those of us not on the SJ train and looking for a half, can't afford Adam Dewey. Um, you know, and or not convinced by Matt Burton. What do you think about uh, the only halfback in the NRL that could get run down by Josh Papali? <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. It was so many memes. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's um, He's kind of slept under the radar, hasn't he? Because lots of people have kind of gone down the Dewey or um, Burton track. Um, and he's what, just a little bit more expensive than Burton? Um, quite a bit cheaper than um, Dewey. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I haven't got I haven't got um, an impassioned argument either way, really. All right. Can I give you an impassioned uh, article argument that I'm sure you haven't read because you don't care about me? No, I do, but please. <laughs> okay. 
So uh, off the ACL injury last year, he played started in round 12, uh, slow start, 44.8 average in this first five games up until the round 17 bye. After the round 17 bye, he averaged 53 points, including the two games in the finals. Round in 2020, when he first came into that Titans side, he started off in the first five games in that Titans side, averaging 32.2 before increasing that up to 51.4. Um, and then in 2021, he averaged 54.6. So obviously we're expecting that, uh, you know, I, I have here with a settled spine, <laughs> which is now not settled at all. With Savage. With Savage. And, uh, you know, da- the combination, uh, elite combination of Tom Starling and Danny Levi, um, you know, but, I mean, Fogarty is going to be asked to steer this Raiders team around. You know, he's the goal kicker. You know, there, he's going to be some points. He does like to run the footy. Um, you know, he's, you know, <clears throat> I could see him in the 54, 53, 54 bracket maybe. Um, he's not a slam dunk. He's not a high upside play. If you don't trust Dewey and or Burton, don't want to spend up on an elite half, don't want to go down to Sean Johnson, he is the best option in that range. I'd much prefer him over an Adam Reynolds or, a, you know, a, one of these sorts of guys. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's it really. And he's going to be available in round 13 is the other thing in the, pro, in the plus column. Yeah, sounds good. You can't argue with that. <clears throat> yep. Now, Ryan, Jacob Little. Yes, my man. 0.4% ownership, 571K, price at 39. Uh, obviously, another elite Dragons option coming from the uh, the stable of quality that is the West Tigers. Uh, talk me through your thoughts on Jacob Little and his breakout into top four NRL hooker status this year. <laughs> yeah, no, look, he's another one I've, I've spoken about a little bit, I think, in our um, in our Dragons preview, and I did a pretty in-depth article on him as well if you want to check out my full thoughts. But basically the, uh, the, the too-long-didn't-read conclusion of it was he needs at least 65 minutes a week to be a buy. His PPN is very good for a hooker, and it always has been, even in New South Wales Cup, um, whenever he's been given opportunities. The question is, is the minutes. Um, for me, if... Uh, Moses Mbai is the 14. Uh, he's a he's an interesting option. The problem is we're not going to get a team list for the Dragons round one, so I, I I can't really advise anyone to start with him for round one. But he, I think he is an option to maybe um, look at pivoting to. Let's say let's say Brandon Smith is looking like a dart. He's averaging 43 come round four, and you're looking for somewhere to pivot. Um, Jacob Little could be that guy. It just really depends who the 14 is. Because if it's Jaden Sullivan, I think Sullivan is a lot more likely to pinch, you know, 20, 25 minutes at hooker than Moses Mbai is. I think Mbai is much more likely to, you know, pitch maybe 10, 15 um, versus mm. Sullivan. So, yeah, uh, to me, he's a he's a wait and see and could be a very handy option to pivot to. Um, if there's a scenario where he's playing 70-plus most weeks, he, he's got keep a potential. Yep, love it. Love it. I'm not going to buy him. You can have him. I hope he does well for you if you decide to go that route. But I think what's probably going to happen is, um, yeah, as you say, no, with no round one team list, I think it is going to be M by in the halves, Sullivan at 14 and Jack Bird on the left edge. And we're not going to get the Ben Murdoch Masilla. I think that's my, my projection, uh, which is going to upset a number of people when they start with him and he's playing 20 minutes off the bench. Um, but, yeah, any any strong feelings on Jacob Little, boys, before we move on to the last item on the list? 
no, not really. More just chuck a star on him, to be honest, because he could be relevant in the future. But given their round one by, it's just it's just too messy. Yep, I think so. Uh, last one on the list here, Jerome Mamasia at 0.3% with a short lane injury. He looks likely to play in that other edge spot. Uh, could make some quick cash if he can put some good scores together. Uh, obviously, the danger is Lane coming back in like round three and him not making enough money. Uh, but, I mean, there should be some residual cash making, but we don't really want to three-week red dot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it is a risk here, but, I mean, he, he seems to be a fairly good edge scorer. Um, do we have any any good data on Mamasia? Uh, we've got a few uh, reserve grade starts. So he had seven starts in reserve grade um, on an edge uh, where he averaged 72 minutes for 37 points. Um, if you just want to look at the five games where he played 80, um, it was 41 points of just under 42. So, yeah, he, he would be a, a good cash cow if he gets an extended role. It's, yeah, it's just, again, question marks. Mm. Yeah. Rob, any additional thoughts on that, mate? No, I, yeah, it's just it's just very unknown, isn't it? Um, ha, ha, do we have any timeline on Sean Lane, or is it just four to six weeks? The fracture, four to six. But yeah. but you know that, now, that yeah, that's that's like round four to five. Yeah, probably yeah. back after the bye. So yeah, three weeks probably. And that's probably not enough, is it? No, because then he goes back to an interchange position, right, and then starts um, mm. losing that cash pretty quickly. Yep. All right, boys, there, there's some other options here that haven't made it to our list that I want to bring up with you. Sub 10% before we finish off. So Sean Bloor, John uh, and uh, Justin Matamua in the same bracket, 250, 230K respectively at 98 and 9.6% ownership. If one of those guys starts, they should be in your team. Uh, Matamua is an interesting one, even if he's playing lock off the bench. I mean... What do we need to see? You know, is there any way at 230k, Matamua can you know generate enough if he's playing like 30 minutes off the bench? Is that is that a possibility? Or you, I mean, it probably just comes down to team composition, doesn't it? There's just so many minutes, so many mouths to feed in the middle. Um, is Bateman yeah, here yet? Yes. Yeah. Apparently, he is, or he's on the way this week. Yeah. Right. This, this might be a good pivot for Jariah if you do start with him to see what his rotation is like, and then you could pivot to Matamua if um, his rotation is good enough. You don't really want to be planning to make a trade between round one and round two, though, really, if you can help it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one for sure. Uh, if Bateman's named on the edge in round one, I'd be much more inclined to give Matamua a crack. Um, Do you I think, think it'll be Joe O at lock then, or...? Oh, could be Matamua. Could be Matamua. Yeah, I think Matamua is more likely to be locked than those two. But yeah, yeah, who knows? We don't know. Who knows, mate? Um, Brian Toto moves from the right wing to the left wing with the injury to Taylor May. Also, uh, I see our good friend Jesse McLean's been added to, hey. the, uh, to the fantasy, mate. Uh, the Twitter's gone absolutely ham since I put that up earlier. I reckon Scootle I single-handedly I got him. I got him added to. Uh, I reckon I got him added to, to the game. Oh, they gave him a jewel as well. That's handy. Gave him the jewel. Over ten thousand people have seen my uh, tweet, and it's had a, a lot of people 
who are obviously the super coach people have seen it and the fantasy people have seen it and added him to the game. Uh, he is in a top 30 squad. Uh, and I'm, my, I'm given to understand that Taruva is more of a fullback slash center and McLean's an out and out winger. So if they're looking for a permanent solution, uh, it may be, you know, it may be Stephen Crichton to the wing and Taruva at center, uh, or it may be, it may be McLean. So uh, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, there's no inside goss whatsoever. It's purely just somebody who's absolutely Panthers mad telling me that he was of the belief that McLean would get the start because of the long-term nature of it. Uh, Adam Elliott, 9.1%. Obviously, if he's going to be on the <clears throat> on the bench, he's a no-go. Even if he starts, I'm not really keen on him with the shortened preseason. Brian Toto, he's, you know, I, I actually quite like the value there, but I think I'm probably just going to avoid for the uh, the round, you know, the the, uh, the game theory around the uh, not spending too much money on wing fullback. Yep. Uh, yeah, obviously there's a number of guys here that are guns who we, you know, we don't want to start with early. Some, I've seen some questions about Jason Tomalolo. Please don't go there. <laughs> not um, again. Army for feeder looks like an absolute weapon, uh, but I think he probably needs an injury or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. What do we reckon, Junior Paulo, bounce back here? <laughs> this is it, mate. This uh, is the year. actually LEM. LEM. What about? Um, is it worth just mentioning Appy Coruscant if Charlie Staines is the fourteen, like he was in the trial? If it's not Jake Simpkin, is it uh, any interest? Well, if Coruscant is playing eighty minutes, uh, he is absolutely a really interesting one. Uh, let me just have a little snappy look at Appy. So when he plays at least nice 70 minutes, when he plays at least 70 minutes, why am I only looking at, why is it only giving me, oh, that's in the halves, so that'll be why. 53.3, but, I mean, in the PVL ball era, uh, it's 56.7 when he mm. plays at least 70 minutes, which would make him a, a like a screaming buy, really, at the price. So... Yeah, if it's Charlie Staines or or you know one of these outside backs on the bench, that's that's absolutely worth a look, hundred um, percent. Okay. That's a that's a great shout, Ryan. It's quite mm-hmm. an awkward buy with Origin, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're a head to head player, Rob. You don't care. No, I know, but half of our audiences overall. <laughs> Not this half. <laughs> no, half of our <laughs> literally half of our overall. What about Tommy Turbo, boys? Yeah, five point three, five point three percent. Is he added to the app? He's not added to the app yet. No, I just get uh, Garrett. He's way better. Yeah. Uh, KO Weeks, mate, showed all of them up in the trial. How good oh, was Weeks? And Kula was we great need, as well. We need some Weeks action for sure. Mate, I, I, boys, I do need to point out to you um, that last year I'm legally obligated to tell you that uh, Scott Drinkwater did average over 50 in games where he played a full game at fullback. Oh, no hammer. Yeah, I'm legally obligated to tell mm. you that his average was 52.7 when he played a full 80 or more at fullback. Mm. So I don't, I don't want to, re- I don't want to recommend him. I'm just legally obligated to tell you about it. Yeah. All right, Damien Cook. If it's Blake Taff, is he 80? You know, do we? Is he a captaincy option if we're if there's no Saliva Havili? Uh, I mean, probably. Was Havili going to play for the minutes though? 
I thought no, he was. No, nah, Havili got turned into a mid last year. Yeah, he did. Uh, but I, I thought they were going to start spelling him, but if it's Blake Taff on the bench and not um, Marmazoulos, he averaged 65 last year in his games where he played the 80 minutes. He's priced at 65, but, I mean, he is, you know, I mean, you suppose you just go Cleary at that point, then wouldn't you? He would. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think that was an outlier year for it too, because he was like 55, 57, 61, 57, then 66. Had a hat trick. Yeah, so I think his mm. try scoring rate might have been up. So there's some regression there. Yeah. It's just too much All to right. spend. No, moving on. Thank you for the voice of reason. Mitchell Moses had a couple of questions about him. I don't see any value there at all. Uh, Franklin Pele, if he gets named for the Dogs, he's going to be an interesting option in the mids there. But, you know, we sort of want him to be playing 30 minutes to show some value. Uh, not somebody I'm really interested in. Good to see Tino down at 4%. Same with Lachlan Ilias. Bit of common sense. Sean Russell, 3.5%. I uh, see he's in TK's team at the moment. Uh, yeah, try scoring merchant, Sean Russell. Uh, made it's us look really hard. silly for about 30 minutes last year. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, no no, bueno for me. The fantasy gods uh, struck that one down. Yeah, they, they giveth and they taketh away. Yeah, yeah. So Is that everyone? Starting with um, some depth, eh? Like, I remember me and Ryan, that was one of the only differences between our team, I think. But I was like, yeah, I'm sitting pretty. I've got this wing full pack depth, and you've got no one in there. <laughs> My heart was smited. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> smited. Smote. Yeah. I was smote. Your ruin was smote on, on the mountainside, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So never again. Yeah. Also, just this cheaper and. Um, Better. Plus, you know, it's important to remember Sean Russell's going to be playing right wing, not left. Like, left's where exactly. they score all their tries, and that's where yeah, Russell yeah, had yeah, that hat trick. How um, come we took Nick Kotrick off the list? Who? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Podrick, mate. This is for him. This is his pod. Yeah. What well, he plays for the he... dogs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's playing a center and wing hybrid role this year, too. Oh, good. Yeah. He's going to score two First week in base stats to reel you in. Yeah. He's playing. He's playing fullback for the Dogs in Rob's uh, rugby league live fantasy franchise mode. That's that's about the only place. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Do he's we think so that, good as well. He's so. Do good. we think that Weeks is going to take uh, take the spot of like Brad Parker or something in the centers for Manly? Well, that'd be nice. Yeah, he surely could. has to. He Weeks could, could be coach. fourteen though, right? Mm. Oh yeah! I think they're going to run that. I think they're going to run that. Uh, I real. I'm not even going to try because it's 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 like it sounds like a super generic Chinese name, and I don't. I just like Gordon Chan. No, it's like uh. Wong or something like that. Like, <laughs> where is he? He's got a hyphenated last name. No, he's not even added to the game. He might not be in the top thirty. He was a hooker. Um, and, and it was actually looking really good. Carl Lawton won't be far off either. I think he's going to play some hooker minutes, and 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 uh, that'll be the 14. Uh, but, uh, like, I mean, you know, Brad Parker yeah. shouldn't be holding anyone out. Neither should Christian Tuipilotto. Um So, yeah, he's definitely an option there. <clears throat> I think that's probably about it. So, boys, long story short here, uh, the pods that we've got uh, that we actually managed to identify as good pods, um, Gerard Moumasia, potentially. Jacob Ludl, potentially. Jamal Fogarty, a bit lackluster, but potentially. Then Tyson Frizzell, Big Green Tick, Egan Butcher, Jaden Braley, Aaron Clark, potentially. 
Raymond Faitala Mariner, potentially, but I'd sort of lean to a big green tick. Kyle Felt. <coughs> Kyle Felt. <laughs> Sean Johnson, big green tick. Wade Egan, maybe. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna change Nick Meany to a hard no, boys. Makatoa, maybe. Big green ticks for Daniel Saifidi. Harley Smith Shields, Adam Dewey. Question marks on Kelma Slug to Alungi and Nat Butcher. Jackson Ford, I have no idea how to classify him. Yeah, he's we a need maybe to see I think. the team list, I think. But if he's starting if he's starting um edge, just put him in your team, I reckon. Yep. Big question mark on David Fafita, high upside, high risk. Matt Dory, lob him in. Will Warbrick, lob him in, and then uh potential guns on the higher end of the list here. Payne Haas and Reese Robertson. Boys, any closing thoughts? Uh, join the overall league. Yes, we do, actually. I've actually been highly disappointed to see that the uh, <clears throat> the overall league is way behind the Talking League overall league. Yeah, we need to start uh, pumping up. Yeah, and the all-out NRL fantasy leagues almost as much as us, which I don't even know who they are. So, all right. No, they, they the follow us on Instagram. So, yeah, Ryan, give us a code here, mate. All right, the code. I'm going to read it for you. It's uh, seven V for Victor, nine F for Foxtrot, M for Mary, C for Charlie, five, and D for uh, you know what? Doggies. Doggies. D for doggies. Dogs. 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 Yeah, boys. We've got we've got more than double the amount of people that listen to the podcast and the amount of people who are in the overall league at the moment. So you got no excuse. Jump in there. I may or may not put a prize up. I don't know yet, but either way, you should join it because it only takes yes. five seconds. And if you've been listening to this podcast for the last 138 minutes, you've got enough time to go and join the overall league. All right, Austin, closing, closing, closing thoughts, mate? Um, yeah, these are the pods. Yep. Penrith Panthers <laughs> dropping out of the eight uh, this year? Yeah. No, not out of the eight, but definitely <laughs> out of the premiership race. <laughs> yeah. How, how bad is how, – how bad were the Panthers? Oh, uh, they were – they, yeah, it's going to be a learning curve for them to realise they can't just go around stomping everyone this year. Don't worry, mate. Iceman Cleary's going to get them there. Hey, yeah, sure. How, how funny is doing the Iceman and then losing? That's great. Hey, it's not his fault, all right? SC is, is Stephen Crichton was absolutely diabolical at fullback. I hope the Bulldogs are happy with what they paid for. You know what's funny? Every time the Panthers win, Nathan Cleary's a god. And every time they lose, people aren't supporting him enough and it's somebody else's fault. He is the Ricky Stewart of players. <laughs> oh, no. But, like, if you watch the game, like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That sounds like something Ricky Stewart would say. Sounds like Paul Kent on <laughs> Sounds like Paul Kent on NRL 360 going, oh, oh see, the, see, see the Raiders see players just need to step up. They're letting Ricky Stewart down. But, you know, like when Nathan Cleary doesn't step up, oh, no, well, the forwards, they didn't lay the platform, Stephen Crichton. Uh, yep. No worries, Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, the Cowboys are going to take it down this year. We're going two steps further. Yeah, them or Sharks, I reckon. Yeah, I actually really like the Sharks to take it down this year, if I'm being honest. Yeah, soft soft draw for them as usual, but what do you do? Oh, yeah, soft draw, mate, and also oh. the team continuity. <laughs> yep. Yeah, soft draw. The, imagine a Panthers play, person complaining about the soft draw. Rob, it's a soft closing, draw when <laughs> closing thoughts, mate? I think Sean Johnson. Just put him in. Yeah, love it. Yep. Great. Yep, love that. Um, Ryan, closing um, thoughts, mate? 
Oh, mate. Um, Kyle Felt, weapon, keeper, gun. Get him in your side. Yeah. And from <laughs> Great me, bloke it's well. uh, Dan- Daniel Saifidi, top five mid player this year. Oh. Thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate you listening in. Thank you very much for joining us on this preseason journey. We will be finishing updating the website in the coming days. I don't know if we're going to run another podcast before TLT. I'm tired. I think my girlfriend's going to slash fiance is going to break up with me if I do any more podcasts. Um, No, not really. But um, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll see you next time for... Maybe Teamless Tuesday. Love you guys.